brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. The Fix is in. The Sports Fix. Portions of the Sports Fix brought to you by GV Art and Design. It's not just a shirt, it's a statement. GVArtwork.com. Sports Fix listeners, don't wait all day or all week to get in on the fun. The party doesn't stop when we go off the air all week long. The Sports Fix social media sites are your one-stop shop for all things Cleveland sports. Jump over to Facebook.com slash The Sports Fix. Facebook.com slash The Sports Fix and become a fan today because we love fans and they create some of the best sports talk in town, Daddy. You'll enjoy talking to your fellow Cleveland sports fans on The Sports Fix fan page. And if Twitter's your thing, well, you know how we do it. Tweet with us at the Sports Fix CLE. It's that simple. Twitter.com slash the Sports Fix CLE, baby. Chat live with the crew during all your favorite Cleveland sports events, tickets and contests and trivia and so much more. Get with us today, the Sports Fix on social media. Facebook.com slash the Sports Fix. Tweet with us at the Sports Fix CLE. Join, Join the, the Sports, sports Fix, fix on, on Facebook and Twitter today. today. Hey Cleveland, this is Anderson Verjean of the Cleveland Cavaliers. You are listening to the Sports Fix. Live in Ohio, it's time to get your fix. The Sports Fix. Know it's time. Welcome into the Sports Fix. J-Rock with you here. Locking and loading, rocking it. Thursday edition of the Sports Fix. A whole lot on tap today. I, I was putting the uh, the things, the segments, lineups, all of that stuff together here. Uh, doing the thing before the show. And I'm like, man, it's uh, Thursdays are always packed. But, man, we, uh, we're really at it here tonight, man. Well, I got the phones ringing here right off the bat. Let's rock and roll. Welcome in. Thursday edition of the Sports Fix. Uh, I guess before we even get into anything, I'll look ahead for those of you just joining us. I am your host, by the way, the big daddy on the microphone, J-Rock, Jerry Myers, with you here each and every weekday at noon across the Sports Fix radio network. We'll go through all that in a minute. Looking ahead to what we've got today, great 
basketball game last night. Cavaliers, Spurs, uh, that was a great game. Uh, Cavs very, very sloppy in certain parts offensively. Uh, I liked some of the, a lot of what I saw defensively. Kyrie Irving is. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. I'll tell you, man. Uh, Kyrie is. Uh, he's exposed himself in a good way. Now I'm saying this in a good way. This is nothing bad at all. But uh, Kyrie Irving is now proven the kind of defense he can play when he wants to play defense, and when he does, it's pretty good. He 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 gets out there, man. He goes after the ball. He he's a he's a good defender when he wants to be the the gig was well Kyrie can't defend but we're starting to see now tell me I'm wrong tell me you guys aren't seeing it now you're starting to see when he does defend he's pretty damn good at it the issue is putting that effort through through the entire game and and I get it at you know the last couple of years he has been carrying the load offensively I think some of that is more self-induced of course uh, and he obviously is not going to have that much of an issue with that this year uh, with other help is what I mean so uh, now maybe he realizes he can afford uh, she needs to, to to go that next level defensively but all I'm saying is if you've seen his good defensive plays here early this season you go wait a minute it's not that you can't play defense it's that you haven't chosen to play defense because when you do uh you do it pretty well we're going to talk about all of that though not only that we'll talk a little bit about the game at the beginning then later on in the show eddie jansen from more than a fan cleveland Cavs beat writer is going to join us we'll talk about that the spurs a measure of a franchise we're going to get into that here uh good early season game though just a good basketball game if you're a fan of the game of basketball talking about that ben tate signs with the minnesota vikings there there were a few teams that you knew we're right up there with looking for running backs. Pittsburgh was a bit of an outside. I thought maybe the hostility of the situation may have encouraged something to happen there. You had the Colts and the Vikings because they find out for sure they were going ahead without Adrian Peterson, but it came out for sure even without the NFL suspension that it, that doesn't matter anymore. They don't have to suspend him because the judge, the arbitrator ruled that the exempting they don't have to reinstate him for the rest of this season. Period. So if you don't reinstate him, you don't have to suspend him. So that appeal won't matter anyway. It's all counterproductive at this point. He's done for the season uh, going forward. So he signs now. Ben Tate does signed on waivers by the Vikings. They'll have to pick up the remainder of the contract. Had he slipped through waivers. Uh, they would have been able to sign him for uh, whatever they came to as far as terms or whatever. But uh, Ben Tate now going to fill in that role there with the Vikings. And they've got, hey, some some issues with their backups there banged up. And and uh, so he'll have some spots. But I'll tell you, they got some younger guys that they're looking at. He's going to find himself in a very similar situation that he was right here. He really will because they've got guys that they're looking at. He'll get some opportunities. I could actually see him maybe – um, uh, depending on, I'm not sure what Asiata's status is for this weekend, but uh, I could see him getting some short yardage stuff. Maybe they they like McKinnon there. I mean, I'm just saying, just like we've got guys that that our coaching staff wants to look at the young guys. They said, okay, uh, we're gonna we're gonna invest in these guys moving forward. And Mike Pettin talked about that yesterday. Uh, the knowing what you're gonna get with rookies and having them, you're going to have some of that too. But anyways, point is Ben Tate's going to go through some of that with the rotation going on there. He'll get a little opportunity, but 
we'll see uh, also jumping in this late in the season. There's a reason that trades don't happen that late either. Uh, at his position, I, w- I would say a little bit easier to do that, I think, than some. Uh, you may run into some trouble with blocking schemes and, and things like that, although Ben Tate uh, you know, has been around the game a little bit, so I don't expect that to be a huge problem. We're going to talk about all that first segment, actually, just about less than 10 minutes from now. Kendall Lewis, the BSK, will join us. We'll talk about Ben Tate, that Houston game, Josh Gordon back in the fold here, Atlanta, all of that with the BSK. Mike Brandenberry from DidTheTryWinLastNight.com, he's going to be with us here, talk some Indians, and, and Nick, I'm telling you, the, the winds are swirling. Mike and I were talking about it this morning. The Indians are going to find somebody to trade <laughs> for Nick Swisher. Although he and I, he's, we were talking about a different perspective. He was like, "No, I hear you, but I don't, I don't want Ubaldo." I said, "Oh, you heard me talking about that." I said, "I don't want Ubaldo either." He goes, "No." He goes, "You want to get this problem fixed quick?" I said, "Yeah, you know what? You're right. Can we just trade him for like one forty million dollar one year contract and just rip it off and take care of it in one season?" But uh, he's ready to talk some trades and some possibilities. We'll talk about. Urshela getting injured. We teased that a bit yesterday. Mike Brandenberry here. BJ Riddell, fantasy football for winners. All of that doing what we do on Thursdays. So now let's rock and roll. Welcome into the Sports Fix. Once again, J-Rock with you here across the Sports Fix radio network. Welcome in those of you listening live on TuneIn. TuneIn's radio app worldwide. Many of you listening around the world on Spreaker and Mixler and their respective mobile and digital applications and all of you listening live right on the website, thesportsfix.net, our home base. Make sure you bookmark it if you're not. As always, shout-outs to you guys listening live on delay, which is live to you because it's the first time you heard it. 24 hours a day, all those different time zones around the world on iHeartRadio, the world's largest internet radio provider on SoundCloud and Stitcher Radio. Those of you that subscribe to us on iTunes and so much more, thank you so much for being with us. And, and, and as well on all those different sites, some of those sites have rankings. You guys keep us all up there with national programming and stuff. Really good, solid showings, you guys. And that just speaks to, I say it all the time, uh, the fan base, the fan that you guys are all over the world, man, that's that's not me. I mean, maybe it's a tiny bit of it is us, but it, it's Cleveland. It's that being spread out all over the place, you guys. Thank you so much for being with us once again across the Sports Fix Radio Network and not just being with us, but being a part of the show. As I say, I got callers on the line now. I'm going to go to it in a moment. 216-539-7535. Be a part of the Sports Fix. 216-539-7535. Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Facebook.com slash the Sports Fix. Tweet with us at the Sports Fix CLE. Speaking of around the world, I, I just realized, man, my man LG, you guys recognize LG uh, from Cleveland Sports 360, calls in uh, quite a bit. Good friend of the show. Uh, my man's in Costa Rica, and we haven't heard from him. Haven't heard from him in a while, man. I just, I was just thinking about that, man. Uh, uh, I don't know. Where, where's LG? Where in the world? It's like that old game uh, you played in grade school. Carmen Sandiego. Where in the world is LG? All right, guys. Uh, let's get rolling here. Before we do anything else, I want to talk a few before we hit the break about the Cavs, and I'm going to go to the phones. Matter of fact, before I even talk about that game, let's go to the phones. Let's see who's on the hotline right now. Caller, you're first up on the sports fix. Before I even say anything else, take it away. Big Daddy, how you doing out there in Cleveland? Ah, my man Big Bob, what's up? Oh, not bad. Hey, Cleveland Browns, baby, six and four. Six Absolutely. and four. Absolutely. Who We're going to be talking it? about him here in a minute. Tell you what, though, Who'd no time to sit it? back on. Yeah, that's I'm with you there, and I do appreciate it, man, but... Uh, 
the time to look back is not uh, on November 20th. It's on, you know, February 20th. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I got to give a uh, a nice shout out to uh, Mr. Corey Kluber for getting that uh, Cy Young Award in the American League. He was a workhorse for us this year. That's right. You haven't called since then. Absolutely. Matter of yeah. fact, he was he was honored at the Cavaliers game last night. It was a weird mix of people at the Cavs game last absolutely. night. Uh, yeah. You had Corey absolutely. Kluber. You had Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan and the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, were there. Matter of fact, my son, it was funny <laughs> yes. because uh, my son didn't know, and he hears the voice. He goes, Dad, you hear Hulk Hogan? I said, oh, yeah, he's at the game, man. I said, he's, he's been in town all day. Matter of fact, and, uh, I, watched, great. I watched that game instead of my Knicks last night. I'll tell you, listen, Cavs uh, still have a lot of work to do. Uh, they, offensively, they were sloppy, man. They, uh, absolutely, they turned the ball absolutely. over. I think they, they, they turned over jail, 18 yeah. times. They, they uh, but I did like the defense. I like the effort that they're showing. And I'm telling you, man, the gig is up on Kyrie Irving. He's proven that he can play defense when he wants to. So no more leaning on the excuse that Kyrie doesn't doesn't know how to play defense it's just whether he chooses to put the effort in because i'm telling you when he goes out there and plays man he he's he's a pretty good defender when he's willing to throw himself on the floor and absolutely go after the ball he, he, and, he is he is absolutely you know no but doubt. that's what he should that's what he should be doing but there was no there was no accountability for that before and as i said there was you know it's going to take a while for this whole thing to come together. They're 500 through 10 games. I mean, some people think the sky is falling, but uh, like, like Greg Popovich said yesterday, he said, I'm glad we played these guys now instead of at the end of the season because they're going to be a whole lot better by then than they are now. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, But I just thought that was a good basketball game last night. And say what you want, and I am from Cl- Excuse me, Cleveland, and I know that LeBron James plays on the Cavaliers, and this is blasphemy to some of you out there. But Tim Duncan's the best player in the NBA. I'm just telling you, it, that's me. Tim Duncan to me is the man, and he shows you in all the little different ways uh, why why he is that. Every time he plays, man, I just I really do. I think he is the best player in the well, NBA until he leaves, I'll, until he stops doing it. I yeah. love Tim Duncan, I really do. Absolutely, I'll tell you what though. The Spurs teams of the early sixties. They're 60s just fun to watch. They're a team basketball. Yes, and they play no, the they play you. smart basketball. They're just a great team to watch. An they excellent are, team and, to and watch. I get, I get, I tell people about friends. I got friends that just some love the Spurs and some don't, and some just think they're boring and they're so basic. And I'm like, yeah, but that's basketball. And I, I'm with you. Uh, I'd prefer that they weren't playing the Cavs, you know, on a night that I get to appreciate how they're playing, but they play great basketball. And as a team, like, I'll tell you what, perfect example um, of where the Cavs need to get to and and where they are is if you guys remember in the game, and I want to say it was in the third quarter, but wherever it was in the game, when LeBron came down and he made a a great uh, out of the dribble, a pocket pass to his left to Anderson Verjao, who was cutting to the lane, boom, dunks it. Beautiful play. Cavs get the rebound about 30 or 45 seconds later. They come back down and they go to do the exact same thing. And San Antonio's got it defended right this time. And they jump in the passing lane. They intercept the pass. Little things like that, man. And and little 
little things at that at smart the, things. the way they, the way they closed the quarters smart the way things. they yes right yeah. they the way they closed all the quarters yeah. they beat the Cavs in the last two minutes of every quarter which is what a smart basketball team does the smart ones play you back and forth for the quarter and then they just win those last two minute stretches at the end and that's how you win basketball games and change basketball games and it's just little little things that you watch them and go see they know where everybody is on the floor they trust each other defensively offensively and they play the game the right way and and you know what too i'm gonna say this and i'm just gonna be honest Last night you saw why David Blatt is a rookie in the NBA, even though he's got hundreds and hundreds of professional uh, coaching games under his career. You know, uh, the the fact that at the end of the game, you know, they kind of mismanaged the timeouts a bit earlier in the second half and left yourself short. Perhaps if you have one on the hook, you're able to call a timeout when you get the rebound with 10 seconds left. And I'm not hindsight. Hey, I'm just saying with the minutes, with the rotations, look at the um, the day after LeBron talks about the minutes, he gets dropped back to 34 minutes, which is a, a bigger cutback than it's just it's it's what happens when you're trying to learn the balance between too far left and too far right. And you're trying to find the middle ground as a new head coach. Meanwhile, on the other side, you got a coach who's been there and done that anytime the Cavs got a little something going. Boom, he called a timeout, he put his troops together, and they come out of the timeout and they get it back. And it was just, that's the difference. You can see last night where the Cavs want to go and how they want to go there and the model of it. And they can end up like that, most definitely. But, you know, as they say, Rome wasn't built in a day. The Spurs were built over 15 years, not overnight, brother. Absolutely. Absolutely. They'll be there. They will be there. Oh, I, I believe it. You can see the tenets of it. When they play good Absolutely. defense, you go, man, if they do that yeah. all the time, they're going to be good. Absolutely. When it's, they play bad defense, great, that's a different it, story. It was a great but, game to watch last night. I, I'm glad I watched them. I'm glad right, I watched them. Big Bob, game. I'm up against it, my man. I got to get rolling here. Thank you very much for the call. Okay. Big Daddy, we'll see you tomorrow. You got it, my man, Big Bob, up in Bristol. I'll tell you what. You guys ready to get rolling with the show? Are you ready? No. Are you ultimate warrior ready? Get fired up. I'm fired up. Let's get rolling with this show. Let's hit the break and get it fired up with my man, Kendall Lewis, the BSK, right off the bat. Mike Brandenberry, BJ Riddell, Eddie Jansen's going to join us. We're going to bookend the back end of the show talking Cavs as well. Fantasy football, Indians, Browns, you name it. We doing it. Kendall Lewis, the BSK, joining us next here on the Sports Fix. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Kendall Lewis, next on The Fix. A public service announcement from The Sports Fix. We here at the Sports Fix and our affiliates would like to apologize for any disturbing verbal actions, but remember, it's better having them trapped in a box than leaves on the streets. Public service announcement from the Sports Fix. The Sports Fix. The sports show that cares. 
Sports Fix listeners, you've heard me talking about it. Millionaires being made all season long at DraftKings.com, America's favorite one-week fantasy football site. I've been playing there, too. It's now J-Rock's favorite one-week fantasy football site. What's one-week fantasy football? That means no season-long commitments. Play whenever you want. Have a player who's hurt? That's no problem at all because you change everything week to week. Injuries don't derail your chance at victory. It's a new season every week. You're never stuck with the same players. You can pick your team in just minutes and be on your way to winning huge cash this season. It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. One listener turned 10 bucks into 5,000. Another turned $2 into 10 grand. And a new millionaire has been crowned nearly every week this season at draftkings.com. You could be next. Imagine winning a million dollars in one day. A million dollars just for playing fantasy football at DraftKings.com. Head to DraftKings.com now and use promo code SPREAKER to play for free in the $10 million Fantasy Football World Championships. DraftKings.com. Bigger events, bigger winnings, bigger millionaires. Enter SPREAKER now at DraftKings.com. Hey, Sports Fix fans, I'm Fred McLeod, TV voice for the Cavaliers. When I'm not busy taking elbows from my buddy Austin Carr, I'm tuning in to see what the guys are saying. Come on, Cavs! Football season is party season at Harry Buffalo North Olmstead. Everyone wins at Harry Buffalo. Every Saturday is Coors Light College Football Saturday with $6 pitchers, four bottles for 10 bucks, and the Buckeyes in full HD. Football season is most definitely party season, and your headquarters is Harry Buffalo North Olmstead all winter long. Harry Buffalo, join the herd. Here 
Fantasy sports lovers, you put so much time, hard work, and effort into playing week to week that it quickly stops being a fantasy and starts getting real. And when the smoke clears, you want to show off those victories with a real prize. I mean, a really real prize. Nobody Nobody does does that that like like Fantasy Fantasy Jocks. The crew over at Fantasy Jocks have beautiful, high-quality, and heavy-duty championship belts, rings, trophies, and so much more for all your fantasy sports needs. There's literally only one place to go. FantasyJocks.com Have you gotten your copy of Cleveland's Finest yet? Highlighting the best moments, players, and media members in Cleveland sports history? In-depth, personal interviews with some of the top names in Cleveland sports fill the pages of this incredible book. Cleveland's Finest by Vince McKee is this year's must-have book for every Cleveland sports fan. Available now at Amazon.com. Copy today. You're listening to The Sports Fix. Welcome back to the Sports Fix Live across the Sports Fix Radio Network. J-Rock back with you. Thanks to Bob for the call before we went to the break. Hated to cut you short, but had to get back here. My man, the BSK, Kendall Lewis, joining us in just a second. Welcome in. Since the phones are hot, you can't use them right now. Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Search for the Sports Fix on Facebook or look for Facebook.com slash the Sports Fix if you just want to enter it directly. And you can always tweet with us at the Sports Fix CLE anytime, day or night. I'm going to the phones, as I said. Kendall Lewis, the BSK with us. And normally we're going to talk Browns, but I'm sure he uh, he got into a little bit of Cavaliers and Spurs last night. Kendall, you with me, my man? I'm with you, brother. Hey, how was the game last night? What did you think? Like I was saying, Cavaliers sloppy still offensively, but beginning to see when they want to play some defense, especially compared to that Denver game before where they just didn't really show up, man. I kind of, uh, I'm telling you, you can see... You can see where they want to go, and you can see how they're going to get there. You just got to wait until they work the process of getting there. And I hate to use that word because that's the, the Cleveland rebuilding word, but you can see it, and you can see tenants of where they're going to end up. Uh, yeah, you can, but uh, it's the, the, when, you, when you get a team that is uh, a good team on both ends of the floor, you know, or a good team, period, um, one that scores a lot, one that transitions well. It all starts on defense. Defense is the nexus of everything that that team does. And when the game gets tight, they can shut you down because they want to. The problem, as I see it, the Cavaliers don't have enough guys who are dedicated to defensive uh, basketball, yep. who are dedicated to defense. And so when you don't have that, you got to develop it. And they've been slow. Uh, developing that because I I see the whole training camp period, the whole you know early part of the season, they haven't come up with those guys who just want to shut you down. They've been concentrating on the offensive continuity, but now the defensive continuity needs to take charge, and it's been slow in coming. And they don't, I believe, I don't believe they have the kind of players that you know kind of fit into that mold, and they're going to have to do to do some more roster uh, shuffling in order to get those type of selfless players 
who don't who don't care about scoring. They don't care about the numbers. All they care about is we're going to lock you down. And throughout the NBA, there are those guys. Um, like in the draft, you know, I, 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 I'm cramming to understand how they never come up with guys who can defend two, three, four positions. And all the other teams at times seem to come up with those guys who are stars, but they score five points a game. So to me, I think the, the focus has been on offensive basketball, even when LeBron wasn't here. They never had those guys, and when they did, they let them slip through their fingers. I mean, guys who could shut you down and contribute a little bit on the offensive end. Guys like Danny Green, who primarily came into the league with the Cavaliers as a defensive player, but now he's developed, you know, he put some shine on his offensive game, and he can dominate a game for stretches with his defense and his offense and his grittiness. So Cleveland needs those guys, and I think that's the biggest problem. The offensive game is all right. That's what it is. Kevin Love has yet to hit his stride. LeBron James doesn't look like the same LeBron James that was in Miami the four years previous. Could be age, could be wear and tear from a long season each of those four years. I don't know what it is, but he doesn't look like the Miami LeBron James. The LeBron James you have is pretty good. I think the the attitude that he has, you know, regarding uh, the basketball team is kind of uh, condescending a little bit. Like he's going to teach him how to <laughs> yep. be a he, like he's going to teach him how to be a champion, and it's on me and blah blah blah. Yeah, man, don't don't read your press clippings. <laughs> but I think I, I think this team has to, you know, catch its stride a little bit more. And and when they do that, they'll be all right. But I don't think they're looking like the world beaters that all these fans and sycophants have said that they would be because I know guys that from the moment they said, well, LeBron is coming back, they said, we are going to the championship. Yeah, really? Really? As if chemistry doesn't matter, as if defense doesn't matter, as if coaching, lineage, and experience doesn't matter. But overall, I I don't appreciate Cavaliers basketball except the one game not enough defense for me. No, I hear right you. Right now. And I'm right you. now. No, no, I'm totally with you about that. I was talking about that at the beginning of the show. I was mentioning Kyrie specifically because he's been allergic to defense for most of the time that he's oh. been here. And I was joking that the, the that he's exposed himself, though, here in the last few games because he's he's actually laid out a few times and, and played defense, real defense, a couple of times. And you go, wait a minute, you can Clearly, you can play defense when you want to. It's just a matter of being held accountable and doing it and doing that. And I get it that he was offensively focused during the years that, you know, the last few years, his first few. But, you know, now, especially with that burden lightening a bit, you've got to. And I'm because I love it. And, And that's what Miami was. That's what people forget is Miami, that offense was all powered by how strong they were constricting on defense. And when they when they got going, they were lethal, and then they'd use those turnovers in transition and just run teams over. And that that's when the Cavs, I'm, I'm totally with you, will unlock what they can do. And I think there are going to need to be some more tweaks to the roster to get that in. I personally, some people like to toss Deion Waiters to the side, not just his offense. I think defensively, Deion can play 
he's got that in him to be that type of defender that you're talking about as long as he realizes he has to do it time in and time out, you know? I mean, they've got a few of the pieces that can defend better than they have. Kyrie, I'm telling you, he can. Whether he will or not will we'll probably determine how the next few years go, but he's shown that he can defend when he wants to. Well, I'll tell you this. Kyrie Irving is a completely <laughs> different discussion for me. Because I think that Kyrie Irving is overrated to such a large degree. I mean, how how hard is it really to get your own offense? How hard is it to get yourself off? I think the hardest thing to do is to be a facilitator and still get your own offense. Uh, Kyrie Irving has not proven to be enough of a facilitator with this team. And I think really all these guys should ratchet back their offensive uh, mindset. I think if you got LeBron averaging 27, Kyrie averaging 22, Love averaging 18, I think you can, you know, back it off a little bit for all three guys. I think yep. if if LeBron averaged 22, uh Love averaged uh, you know, 20, and then Kyrie Irving averaged 15 with 10 assists. That's I think where I'm at. that's yeah. the, the huh? Yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah, right there. Exactly. I, I think I think that's the start of a of a good offensive basis, and then you could put things in around them. Uh, Deion Waiters as a six man off the bench. Uh, Tristan Thompson, who I'm liking less because I, I described him this way. I like him as a player. I like him as a person. Uh, I think he's. I don't think he has a focus or an aim. He's just a a big kid, just kind of running loose. I likened him to a newborn colt, all gangly and goofy, and the and the and the athleticism which he has an an abundance of is not focused, is not powerful, is not uh, purposeful. But he has that ability. But I think he is what he's going to be. He's going to be a, a rebounding guy, and his defense is not that great. Although he could be the guy. I mean, they just have to look at the pieces they have and put a team together that makes sense. They need three guys, obviously, to be, and that's always been the formula in the NBA. No great team has ever done it with one guy or two guys. They've always had three, four, five guys. Uh, The new thing with San Antonio is, is not a big new thing. It's, you know, what's always been. But the Cleveland Cavaliers have to figure out what guys are best going to serve them and get their defensive intensity together, and I think they'll be all right. And I think that will happen proper if it happens this season, toward the end of the season, after the All-Star break, when they um, find out that they've been disappointing to a lot of different people when the uh, glow of LeBron's back wears off, <laughs> then they'll probably get to work tell you what you mentioned about Tristan that's why I thought he's a good fit for this team because he doesn't need the ball offensively want the ball he's you know he's he's willing to to play rebounds and defense and 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 the the hustle stuff that you need you gotta have you definitely gotta have some guys like that and with Kyrie I'm with that's why I always thought he was a two guard man disguised as a point guard because of his style of play because and I know some people try to tell you well that's the modern NBA point guard I disagree because I'm I'm with you with what you said where I'm at with that I'm like man there's no reason that the guy can't average 
average double digit assists with this team around him. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. and still score and still score. Oh, yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm with you there, man, because the, the, the offense is there. I could hear you before when you said, well, look at who he had around him. You know, I get it. The Cavs weren't, weren't very deep offensively over the last few years, but look to your left and right now. You got guys to pass the ball to, and uh, there's no reason that you should not really flourish as a point guard here. So he's going to have to he's going to have to evolve that part of his game or or max deal or not. I mean, he he won't be a long-term part of this thing because the Cavs will keep moving pieces around and as we know, no matter who likes it or not, the alpha at the top of it is LeBron James, not Kyrie Irving. Right, without a doubt, without a doubt. But last night's game was a great game for yes. fans of basketball. Uh, Love if you're the Spurs, a fan of the Cleveland Cavaliers, you can't be happy about it, though. I mean, you know, they lost. That's the bottom line. Love the Spurs, though. I really do. I was, I mean, just you could see in the moments, like you said, those key moments of the game. Uh, all the Spurs do is say, hey, we're good. They just play their game. And at the end, those little key moments, they outplay you and they come away with it. And they realize at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if they win by 50 or they win by two. It, it, that's all they have to do is get out of there. But it was, that was a good game. And you could see. Uh, not just later this season when people are fast-forwarding through their future, but down the road. That's obviously what you aim to be as a franchise, but they didn't get where they are, not even in years. It took 15 years to be the Spurs as they've been over the last decade and a half. So uh, that's something to aim for, but it's not something that you get to tomorrow. It takes a lot of work to get there. Yeah, it takes a lot of work. It takes the attitude of the front office, of the coach, of uh, the types of players they bring in, all of those guys fit a mold. Those guys fit what they're trying to do, not the other way around. They just don't take talent because it's talent. They mm-hmm. take talent that does specific things that they want to uh, play, that they have to play and they want to play like, and that's what they do. So I, I do believe that, you know, if if that's what they're shooting for, you oh, will see. We'll see what kinds of players yeah. they get. We'll see if the coach matures to the level of a great Popovich, which I doubt, but he could. But the thing is, the Cleveland Cavaliers, first of all, have to play better defense. If they do that, then, um, you know, they'll be in the in the mix to be one of the best teams in the NBA this year and going forward. And perfect segue, talking about players that fit on teams and all of that let's uh, switch over to the Browns we were we've been right on the verge of talking about this you know just not necessarily thinking this week but thinking more this offseason uh, Ben Tate talks his way right out of Cleveland here this past week ends up in Minnesota now signed on waivers by the Vikings but what were your thoughts probably not too surprised we all saw the writing on the wall as far as where this was going with West and Crowell and Ben Tate yeah I, I think it was more about uh, those young backs than it was about uh, Ben Tate. Ben Tate's a good back. Ben Tate's a back that could carry the load. Ben Tate's a back that could gain you a 1,000 yards. Nothing about Ben Tate the previous five years when we looked at him in uh, Houston tells us otherwise. I think what it was, though, was the combination of those young backs and Tate's dissatisfaction, disfranchisement, with his role on this football team. As long as he was the, the top dog, everything was cool. And I and I, I seen the sense. I remember back when they signed Tate, they were in, like, uh, the, the minicamp mode. And after they assigned Ben Tate, they had a minicamp 
And there was a, you may even remember this, there was a story that Ben Tate said, he doesn't yep. care who, who they draft, <laughs> he's the number one guy. So I when I heard that <laughs> way back in way back in May, way back in you know uh, after the draft, I said to myself, "That's a problem," because if you have to announce <laughs> that you're the number one guy, <laughs> uh, then you aren't the number one guy. But here's the other thing: on draft day, when they when they took uh, 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 Terrence West, and then they they got Isaiah Crowell, and those who know me. Those who follow me on the draft, they know I was crying for Isaiah Crowell from the time last football season ended. I've been on Isaiah Crowell since he first ran the ball at Georgia. And so from the moment they signed him as a, a, as a preferred free agent and the moment they drafted Terrence West, I knew there was going to be a problem because those kids can play. They have different styles, but they can play. And so it all conspired to make Ben Tate more disenfranchised than ever before, so much so that he came out last week and had a problem with the rotation, or two, three weeks ago. I said in a podcast at that It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Time. Keep your eye on the Ben Tate situation. There was no Ben Tate situation. Everybody was saying, what are you talking about? And now we see what I was talking about. And I've seen this many times in the NFL where guys become disenfranchised because of the competition behind them. So he says, undoubtedly, I don't care what they got. I'm the number one guy. That tells me he was worried from the day one that he signed with the Cleveland Browns well, he knew, because he knew you know, that he couldn't you know. beat those young guys off. So, like you said, I am somewhat uh, – I knew this was going to happen. I'm not shocked. I'm not uh, amazed. I really don't care because Tate didn't fit, uh, ultimately. Isaiah Crowell need to, needed to tote the rock, and so does Terrence West. Now, those two young guys have to get their handle on the ball. they got to hold on to the ball. They can't be fumbling the rock. They can't be putting it on the ground because they, too, can be replaced. But I, I, I see this as a logical outcropping of talent on the team, and that's what you want, really. 
you want guys that you draft, that you bring in, that's never played for anybody, to supplant somebody that's already there, proclaiming they're the number one. You want the guys you draft in late rounds or as preferred free agents, street free agents. Uh, you want those guys to come in, reshape your roster by their talent, hard work, and good play. And that's what Crowell and Terrence West have done. Yep. And as we've talked about, Mike Pett and I give him credit. He's been a straight shooter. When he was pressed on it, he basically said it wasn't so much West. He said we knew him. We were drafting him. It was the emergence of Crowell when we said, okay, wait a minute here and now. And it's that where you say the old phrase, we've got a good problem because we've got too much of something. And that was really what did it in. But what you said, I was joking earlier this week or when he was released. I said, remember back in training camp when he said, now nah, I'm not worried about those two young guys. I say well should have been worried about those two young guys because they were definitely worried about you and they went out there and uh, and did what they did but that was it it was it was it's much like the Hoyer Manziel situation regardless of what you think of who's going to do what in the future I just mean having two different plans okay we're going to go this way and we're going to see how this develops at the same time and if they both end up being good then we'll deal with that when we get there the Browns weren't sure where things were going with Hoyer much like the the same thing they didn't see that developing when they signed Tate Tate came first and then the draft and then the crow came through and but we all knew when they got him undrafted I mean he was the freshman of the year you knew where he was going to go he obviously it was off field stuff with him that cost him where he was at so there it is and now he'll you know what Ben Tate I thought the Browns also did him a bit I don't want to say a favor but I thought they did right by him by letting him go now because there were several teams that needed feature backs like now Minnesota Indianapolis you know a backup situation in Pittsburgh why be unhappy here and ruin the team go out there and get you another job so they let him go do it yeah but here's what I hate um J-Rock I hate how Cleveland's media has painted Ben Tate as a bad guy Ben Tate is not a bad guy his situation changed you know yeah yeah but things change but Ben Tate is a guy who was happy in a starting role, he didn't come here to be a part of a rotation. He came right. here to be the feature back. And if you were hired to do something, and then somebody else was hired after you, <laughs> yep, and you didn't view them as being as capable as you, you'd be unhappy too, no matter who you are. So I, I just believe that Cleveland media, they're such sycophants, such fans, <laughs> right. such followers, all of them, the TV guys, some of the writers, it's just pathetic that they now are painting Ben Tate as a bad guy. Whoa, whoa, he was just infecting the locker room. He's such a bad guy and blah, blah, blah. Listen, guys, he was disenchanted with being a bench warmer or a bit player or a platoon player as he should have been. Now, I, I wouldn't necessarily have talked to the media. I wouldn't recommend that because the media is in the same position by and large. Most of the guys around here who do radio are fans. If they do sports talk, you better believe they're fans. I don't care what station, what time of day, they're fans, with very few exceptions. They will not tell you the truth about the team they're, because their fandom comes first. That's a problem. When you cover these teams and you're a fan and you can't leave your fan hat at home and put on your big boy media cap, that says to me you're not a pro. You're not honest, and you're a fan. Let fans be where fans are, 
They need to be in the stands, not representing what is real on radio or television, because they can't tell you the real. They won't, because the teams have too much uh, uh, influence or sway over them. I've been in I've been in radio a long time, and I've called shots on people. They've called my uh, general manager, my program director, and said, well, Kendall said this or Kendall said that. You know why? Because <laughs> Kendall's not a fan first. I'm a broadcaster first, a professional broadcaster. And you have a lot of that on social media. Guys blog, guys do podcasts, and they're fans first. That's cool. But they shouldn't be trying to be legitimate broadcasters because they don't have the training. They don't have the outlook. They don't have the talent. They don't have the experience to say, well, look, the team stinks, and I'm going to tell you why they stink. And stand by that. Have courage. This whole Ben Take thing opens up a new wound for me, and that is you're a broadcaster or you fancy yourself as a broadcaster, but yet you look like a fan. You sound like a fan. Man, be a broadcaster. Tell the people the truth and let them decide what's real and who's bad guy. And really, to be honest, it doesn't matter that he was a bad guy. The Browns and themselves know uh, who's bad and who's not, and they get rid of him. Okay, fine. But don't come telling me, well, he's a bad guy because he wanted to play, because that's so far from the truth. It's ridiculous. Kendall Lewis, the BSK, going to town. I love it. You're listening to the Sports Fix, J-Rock, Kendall Lewis. We're talking a little Browns, and let's uh, segue that. Let's talk some truth. Talk about the Browns. Obviously, uh, J.J. Watt made all kinds of impacts on the Browns the other day, and uh, they fell to Houston. Now here they sit this week. A lot of talk. We've we've already mentioned Josh Gordon coming back. He's back in practice, all of that stuff. But you're going on the road to the Dome, Atlanta. Very similar, actually, to uh, going on the road when Josh Gordon came back last year. And everybody points to that. But I'm like, yeah, this isn't Minnesota. But Atlanta does have a uh, some issues with the pass defense back there. What do you think, man? Browns, can they focus? They've done it. Here's what I've said this week. This is the one thing I like is they've done a good job, the coaching staff, of bouncing back from flat performances and having the team ready to come out and play the next week. So I'm hoping that that trend continues and that they come out ready to play in Atlanta. Where are you at this week? Well, after they beat Cincinnati on the road uh, on a couple of Thursday nights ago, I said to myself right then, they can beat anybody, all right? Anybody, anywhere, anytime, all right? We know that. That's not the problem. The problem isn't can they. The problem is will they. The problem is are things going in their minds, the team's mind, um, well enough so that they can focus. Uh, and we know things aren't going well right now because of injuries, attrition, Ben Tate, um, injuries to uh, their major weapons. Uh, Cameron is out. I don't know if he's going to play or not. Like I told you last week, my suspicion is uh, he's going to be done for this season yep. and possibly for his career. If he I'm can't get himself together, if he if he constantly has symptoms, my guess is he's not going to be able to play again because that's serious when you're in that protocol and you mm-hmm. can't get out of it uh, week after week after week. So now it's been uh, about three, three and a half weeks since he had the initial con- concussion this season. Um, I think he might be in a little bit of danger of losing his career. So you can't count on him. And Jim Dre or uh, Barnage can't catch well enough, 
can't run well enough. Uh, they are right as blockers, but you know they the, the Browns missed that weapon of Cameron uh, going to Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon is in his first week back. I know the the reports have been that he's you know he's looking good and blah blah blah. That's in shorts against your own guys in practice. Uh, okay, well let me see on Sunday against Trufant and the rest of the Atlanta Falcons what he's like, and then I'll be able to judge. But until then, I'll have to say they're not probably not going to get a lot from him. I'd love to be surprised. I'd love to be wrong. Uh, as you know me, I'll I'll tell you when I'm wrong. Yep. Uh, and and so uh, the running game has started to resuscitate itself, but you know they have to they have to be more dependent on it. Kyle Shanahan has to say, look, this is what we do best, sprinkling in some passes, keeping Hoyer safe and out of trouble so he won't make the wrong moves. I think this is what we're going to have to do, and they're going to have to commit themselves to running the rock, I guess, 45 times to control. It's the same formula every week. Control the flow of the game with your run. Pass judiciously. Pass uh, game. I don't think I remember seeing more than a boot, just one, where he does that and comes around. He has his option of three or four receivers, and one is usually wide open. I, I didn't see that on Sunday. So I think uh, Kyle Shanahan and the offensive coaches have to remain patient with their offensive philosophy. Maybe take your shots at a more opportune time, not in a predictable fashion. Well, it's first down. We know he's going to take a shot. He doesn't have the arm. He doesn't have the accuracy. I'm talking about Hoyer uh, to do that. And so to cut a quarterback loose like Hoyer is to invite disaster. But they've reined him in. He's a smart player. He knows his limitations. And so he's not put him in harm's way. But he's starting to take more chances with the ball. So they're going to have to be careful there. The defense is, is hit all over the place. Sheard's a hurt, maybe out. Uh, Dansby's hurt, maybe out. Phil Taylor's out. I mean, they've met, they're missing so many guys who are dinged up and out. Man, it's going to be tough. I'll tell you to what, be, though. And I will yeah, just exactly. say this: those guys, both of those two, Sheard and Dansby, I talked to a couple of guys. Man, they they may end up playing this week. Man, they're okay. definitely uh, gutting it out and trying to get out there. Which I give credit because how many years have we watched guys cash it in at the end of a season and go, "Well, I'm going to heal up," you know, blah blah blah, and they never get back out there. Uh, both of those guys are looking like they could be really hurt, and they're like. No, damn that. We're in a playoff run. I'm trying to get back out there. you got to appreciate exactly. the effort there, you know? These guys on this team understand they're on the precipice of something. They've won six games. The way I figure it, they're about four games short of a playoff berth uh, legitimately. Yeah. So that means they got to win four or six. Atlanta is one of those, if they want to be uh, you know, in the playoff team, they have to beat Atlanta, who, by the way, in a strange circumstance, is in first place. I know. So <laughs> if they come out and play well uh, on Sunday with a hostile crowd, I mean, those people get crazy. That rise up thing, those people down south get crazy. Really their best game. I said Cincinnati was the telltale game of this season. It now switches to Atlanta in the Georgia Dome, 1 o'clock on Sunday. They're going to have to be hitting on all cylinders. No penalties on kickoffs when you return it for a touchdown. None of those destructive plays that take you, you know, out of your rhythm because they have so little talent because of injuries, attrition, and just they don't have a lot of talent, period. 
So they don't have many playmakers, but you know how the Browns do. They surprise us, and maybe there's going to be a big play from Miles Austin, probably the only one this year. And uh, they're going to have to play better if they want to beat Atlanta in Atlanta on Sunday. For sure. The Falcons got weapons, that offense especially. It's Joe Hayden, those guys are going to have to come to play because they're going to have some uh, work cut out for them too. It's going to be a lot of fun to see it. And, of course, as you said, in the Dome, the noise, yeah. all of that a factor as well too. So we'll see. They play fast. We'll see how uh, how that all works out. Kendall, great conversation. We'll talk some hoops, little Browns. Can't wait to uh, get back here with you next week. We'll see how that first game of Josh Gordon bag did, how the Browns put him in the offense, and, and uh, we'll see how they went to the Dome and handled things before we start looking at uh, the next slate. Okay. Take care, Jerry. You too. My man, Kendall Lewis. Great conversation today. Always a good time. Not saying like today was any different, but it's just a, a good conversation today. Thank you guys for being with us. Let's keep that rolling. Take a break and get you some news. Come on back. Mike Brandenberry from Did the Tribe Win Last Night.com. We'll switch gears, talk a little bit to him. I'm telling you, man. Indians are going to find somebody to take Nick Swisher before this thing is over. My gut just tells me that that front office has said, you know. This may just be a this may just be a wise thing to do public relations wise if nothing else man but and I got to tell you if they manage how do you know how many of you guys I've gotten at least a dozen and a half in the last month messages to the effect of if this front office is able to trade Nick Swisher, they deserve you. Get, name your choice of a medal, of a kiss, of a of a, oh, some things I can't say on the air. Uh, as far as rewards for being able to unload that albatross, man. So keep that in mind, because I got a funny feeling that they may. They're gonna have to take something bad on to do it. Don't get me wrong. They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to take on the back half of the Titanic to get rid of the front. But hopefully, at least the back half of that. Uh, is uh, has got the one the one that's got the light ra- life rafts on it. So we'll talk about that with Mike Brandenberry from Did the Tribe Winlastnight.com. Listen, Bruce, you're my friend, but you can shut up in the chat room. There ain't a word that comes out of that idiot Booms's mouth that's worth a damn. Sorry, brother. Not gonna not gonna fly here. We'll be right back with Mike Brandenberry from Did the Tribe Winlastnight.com. Coming up next after the news. <laughs> We here at the Sports Fix want to make all of your dreams come true. What about my dream? Even if I told you I can't build your candy house, it will fall down. The sun will melt the candy. It won't work. It will if it never rains. Oh, maybe not all of them. Get your fix on the Sports Fix. This is head coach Gary Waters at Cleveland State, and you're listening to the Sports Fix. Whether it's an oil change or a new set of tires, Quick Lane at Valley Ford Truck has you covered for your automotive car care needs. They're your neighborhood quick service experts. They also offer a low price tire guarantee. Choose from 13 brands, and if you find the same tires at a lower price within 30 days, Quick Lane at Valley Ford will refund the difference. They're open late Monday through Thursday until 9 p.m. and open early Saturday so you can check it off your to-do list and get on with your day. They also have a newly remodeled service lounge and additional service bay just for Quick Lane oil changes. Quick Lane at Valley Ford Truck is located at 5715 Canal Road, right under the 480 Bridge in Valley View, just down the road from Independence. 5715 Canal Road, right under the 480 Bridge in Valley View, just down the road from Independence. 
Come see why life is better in the quick lane. Quicklane.com slash Valley Ford Truck. That's quicklane.com slash Valley Ford Truck. Business owners and professionals, do you want to take your business, your product, your team, your event to the next level? You want to advertise right here with the Sports Fix. Our listeners are among the most loyal listeners, terrestrial or internet. The Sports Fix universe is not only the radio show, but tens of thousands of fans on Facebook and Twitter. Email me, Jerry Myers, the Sports Fix at AOL.com. That's the Sports Fix at AOL.com. And let me help you swing for the fences and hit it out of the park right here on the Sports Fix. The Sports Fix is now available every day on the world's largest internet radio service, iHeartRadio. Download the free iHeartRadio app, subscribe to the show, and get your fix. News break. I'm John Brickley, a fresh start with the Cavs, and yet LeBron James could not overcome the San Antonio Spurs Wednesday night. James, a costly turnover with 1.9 seconds remaining, giving the Spurs a 92-90. You have more and more games, and you understand how important it is. Close the quarters out, and able to quarter out in the second quarter. So, um, just like you said, all three, you know, all four quarters, they... If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. You know, you get that experience. It's those momentum minutes at the end of the quarter. Is key. James held to 15 points on 6 of 17, shooting the loss, dropping Cleveland to 5-5 five and five on the year. Despite a 1-9 start, the Lakers have managed to reverse the trend with back-to-back wins, including last night's 98-92 victory over the Rockets. LA closed the game on a 12-1 run. NFL news. According to ES Reese, the Patriots have signed running back LeGarrette Blunt, who was released Tuesday by Pittsburgh. Thursday night football showcases an AFC West battle between the Chiefs, who've won five straight, taking on a winless Raiders team currently 0-10. SportsCenter on ESPN Radio is brought to you by Lowe's, the best place to save on Black Friday. Hurry in now for great deals to improve your home and garden. Lowe's, never stop improving. to the Sports Fix. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
old school Onyx right there. Take you back to the back to the sports fix. J-Rock back with you. Rolling into hour two. Thanks to Kendall Lewis, the BSK, for joining us here. Don't forget, not only is Mike Brandenberry, he's in the queue right now on tap. But coming up this hour, BJ Riddell, fantasy football for winners, getting you all set starting tonight. And then Eddie Jansen from More Than a Fan Cleveland talking Cavaliers hoops and so much more. All still to come, but we're rolling on here. Of course, the phone's not open. We got a lot of guests on the slate still to come. But hit us up. Use the social media all day long, Facebook and Twitter. Facebook.com slash the sports fix. Tweet with us at the sports fix CLE. And don't forget, phone lines are still always open. Even if we can't take live calls, you can hit us up 24 7, 216 539 7535. Leave a message on the hotline and we'll play the best ones on the air as well. Well, let's roll through. Go into the phones. As I said, switching gears, talking a little. Eric texted me this morning, ready to talk some trades. Mike Brandenberry. From did the tribe win last night.com. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, man. It says I called Miss Cleo. They're gonna make it happen. I think the Indians. I think they move Brohio. I'm just saying. The Baltimore Brorials sounds good to me. But let's do it. Mike Brandenberry did the tribe win last night.com. How you doing this afternoon? I am doing good, Jerry. Anytime that we are going to spend the next half hour talking about trading Nick Swisher, I I think I got up early this morning <laughs> and saw that it was Thursday and was like, today is going to be a good day. It may you know it what? may be a difficult trade to make, but brother, let's talk about it. Absolutely, you know, because I'll, I'll tell you what. Just look at the last ten days or so, Tribe fans. How this went from. Uh, you know, yeah, well, this is an albatross for the next couple of years. They'll never to, well, the Indians are, well, man, this is all of a sudden becoming a reality as, as more and more reports. And I know a lot of people really jumped on it when Ken Rosenthal was talking about it the other day. But uh, reality talking to other teams with bad contracts, with similar albatrosses sometimes things guys think hey i can do better with that guy and maybe you can do better with you take my broken car and i'll take yours and maybe i'm better at fixing fuel pumps and you're better at fixing steering systems i don't know but we're you know let's do something because the status quo isn't gonna work and that's i think where the indians clearly are but i think now they believe it i think the fact that they're even looking into it i'm not guaranteeing that he will not be on this team come early next season. But I think the fact that the Indians are even going down this road tells me that they've resigned themselves to the fact that if nothing else, then public relations to try to move the needle a bit at the ticket box office, it becomes a little bit easier if you're not asking people to wait for a bounce-back season from Nick Swisher. Yeah, I think I think the first thing you said in that it's not going to be easy, I... I think that's the understatement of a millennium, and I've done a, done a little bit of done a little bit of research, and it's not as easy as just trading one bad contract for another. Like you said, you know, maybe talk about that. Maybe you're better at, at fixing fuel pumps. As, as create to me, to me, I feel like they're going down a road by this becoming public, and I and I have a belief that that every rumor in Major League Baseball at this time of the year is like one third true. Um, and whoever is the person that leaks the rumor, they have an agenda and they have something to gain by it being leaked. 
Absolutely. And so I always ask, always ask myself when you see a story like what you see on Tuesday from Ken Rosenthal, well, who has something to gain on leaking a potential Nick Swisher rumor? And I think, you know, potentially you may be right in that the Indians can leak this rumor and say they're trying, um, you know, to move him because that is definitely going to win them some fans in the court of public opinion. Where it's not going to win them some fans is probably with Nick Swisher. So oh, yeah. to me, in some ways, I, I think if they're, if it is the Indians that somehow leak this, you know, they're going down a road that, you know, when you make that decision – you know, you know what what the fallout could potentially be, and you may make some waves with Nick Swisher if you can't get a deal done. And you know, and if this is coming from from Swisher or another team out there, um, you know, then then I have to wonder: is it Swisher that potentially is quietly trying to work his way out of Cleveland, or? Because the last scenario is that I believe that there's a team out there who wants Nick Swisher, uh, and I think, uh, and I and, I, and and I don't even mean that negatively. It's just the fact of the matter. I mean, we talked right. about this throughout the throughout the summer and, and being stuck with his contract. And it's easy for a fan to say, "Well, trade Swisher." Well, you know, <laughs> the reasons that you want to trade him is the reasons why nobody else wants him. So. Right. It's not going to be easy, and as crazy as it sounds, the guys that they have talked about or the the bad contracts that have been rumored out there, at least in my opinion, Jerry, they're all worse than Nick Swisher. If that's possible, they're worse um, because Swisher and then has an option for 2017, and his option is a is a mutual. It's but it's option his, isn't it? Kicks no, isn't in that on his It's on plate See, appearance. Okay. All right, that? I was going to ask you about that because I may have been misunderstood. I thought that that was it was vesting by plate appearances, but it was his option to go with. I didn't think it was mutual. I thought it was his option that. I, I, okay, so he that and, that clears that up. He and there. Michael okay. Bourne both. He and Michael Bourne both have an option for 2017. If they get 550 plate appearances in 2016, the option kicks in. So. Both of them hit that plateau in their first year with the Indians. Neither of them hit it last year. And I don't think you would be labeled a pessimist to believe that, that they you know, the, yeah. the chances yeah. of them hitting that plateau mark in 2016, the way their Indians' careers have gone so far, is probably slim. So I think, you know, if you're betting, it's fair to say that there are two years left on both of those contracts. Um, you know, the three names that are talked about, you know, were Ryan Howard, Ubaldo, yeah. and Ryan Howard is signed through 2016 and that has a $10 million buyout. Uh, BJ Upton are both signed through 2017. So if you're trading bad contracts for bad contracts, light at the end of the tunnel for Nick Swisher and or Michael Bourne is probably sooner and, and a, a quicker light to get to by sticking with those guys than maybe the alternatives out there. Now, where I think, you know, there there's something to this is I think the Indians are open to an idea of any of these guys, but you're not going to trade contract for contract. 
if if you're going to agree to swap your declining aging player for my declining aging player, <laughs> the the trade negotiation isn't really going to be Ryan Howard or any of those guys on that list for Nick Swisher. It's going to be the trade negotiations is going to be who is going to pay how much and yes. what kind of players yes. am I going to be compensated for because you're going to pay a lot. And and that's where I really think it's going it would get interesting, Jerry, because to me the Indians, you know, we all wrote our stories within the last month of how the Indians have somewhere between 10 and 12 million dollars um kind of on their payroll. They have about 70 to 75 million in payroll commitment for 2015 after picking up Mike Avilas's contract you're probably closer to that 75 so for rough math you can say with some approximates in arbitration they have about 10 to 12 million dollars if you believe that they're headed to that 85 million dollar threshold well where it gets real tricky is a year from now some of their long-term contracts that they've put in with Jason Kipnis Michael Brantley yeah. and Carlos Santana and Jan Gomes, they all start to kick in. And that that cushion that they have in 2015 is all going to be gone 12 months from now when we're talking about payroll. And that doesn't even include if you want to start talking about if you want to extend Cody Allen before he hits arbitration and gets paid a bunch of money for closing games, or if you want to do an extension with Corey Kluber, or if you want to try and go down the road now or a winner from now with Carlos Carrasco, if, if everything, you know, goes fantastic of the season, you know, those are, those guys are all extension candidates and, and they've kind of reached their current pay, payroll threshold when you hit, 2016. So my thought is, you know, we talked about this at the trade deadline, have been open to eating players' salaries for the rest of the year to get a good player in return. You know, they make that payroll commitment, and when they see that their season's not going well, and they did that this year. I mean, they they tried to get better players in return from Washington and St. Louis because they were willing to pay Justin Masterson and Ezdrubal Cabrera for the rest of the year. We also know that the Indians to this point have never eaten salary of another player. I just wonder if the Indians would be willing to eat half of Swisher's remaining contract or essentially eat his 2015 salary because they've basically kind of already budgeted that provided the team that takes him picks up the tab for 2016 and if his option vests they're they're on they're responsible for that that would open up ability for them come 12 months from now to be able then to really consider extending some of those guys without probably blowing by that 85 million dollar number or god forbid letting one of them hit free agency or having to trade a core member because they gave Nick Swisher too much money. And I think that's a possibility. If the Indians are willing to eat half of his salary, if they're willing essentially to pay him to play somewhere else in 2015, I think the door opens. And I don't know that that necessarily 
has to result in getting a bad contract, bad contract back, back under yeah, under exactly. that under that yep. deal. No, and I like where you're going with that because that is that's another way to look at that too. I just I'm with you. I feel that there's a reason that that got out. There's whoever's agenda it was that was being served. You know, you can figure that out. But uh, the fact that they're even kicking the tires on this, and you you know what, that's a, a heck of a point about traditionally they wouldn't eat that kind of money, but theoretically it's already spent money for next year as far as they've already kind of budgeted things. So I can see the thought process of, you know what, it's almost like, you know, paying a a big chunk of a bad investment up front just to get it done and out of the way. And then, you know, instead of eating it for the next 10 years or, or whatnot. And uh, so that's an interesting way to look at it. Jerry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm saying that's an interesting way to look at it, and that's a different way than just the bad con. And you know me, I like I, I like Dubaldo. So my thought was at least he can only kill you once every five days, and then if that doesn't work out, then he just costs you money, but he doesn't actually have to play. And uh, you know, because Swisher, they're still going to force him out there. And I, there's the other thing is I think that's what makes them open to it. It's not the lack of production. It's the fact that he's pigeonholed. The fact that he can't play really the most positional positions either. You know, like, it's different if we can still use you, like you talked about in that first season. We thought we got, okay, some serviceable defensive play out of you as well. But once, we, once we've once we now established it, we're pigeonholed into this, you know, DH occasionally, maybe once a week, getting you out there in the field thing. Now you're handcuffing us all kind of ways. And so now the Indians open up even more to go, and we have to just because of that. I think if he was more pliable in the field even, then they're way less willing, like we just saw, to do anything with him. But now they're like, look, this is only going to get worse if we're being real. Yeah, and and I think I agree, and I, I think there's so many ripples off of this if if we're really going down this road. And you know, you touched on Ubaldo. I'm, I'm not, I am not I in know, favor of getting the band back together on that one. I, <laughs> I think want I think we all we all remember Ubaldo's great September, <laughs> but you know, don't don't look at those numbers from 2013 and think of that as a season. That was a good month. He was pitcher of the month. Don't ever forget. <laughs> <laughs> that with with six weeks to go in that season, they skipped his start and let Danny Salazar make his second ever big league start. They felt that a guy making his second big league start ever against the Tigers was a better move than letting Yabaldo run out there. I'm not sure I'm willing to jump back on that board because they they found magic somehow in September of 2014. I'm not sure I'm ready to jump back on board for three more years of Yabaldo. But I think, you know, something, again, to consider, if you want to start looking for to take Nick Swisher, as crazy as it sounds, you have to look at places in the short term um, because no one's trading for Nick Swisher because they feel it increases their 2015 chances. <laughs> I mean, that's just the fact of the matter. And I, mean, I don't. His, his I mean, war's not I know very it high, sounds huh? awful, but there's no <laughs> other way to say it than his... sell to anyone else. Adding Nick Swisher is going to make us better. So, I mean, I think you have to consider some teams that are potentially rebuilding that may be willing to take him especially if the Indians are willing to eat some salary. And you may have a deal where maybe the Indians trade a young player or two with him and eat salary 
for the opportunity to get back a player. Ow. Um, and you know what? You know, I look at it. I look at Go a ahead. team like the Tampa Bay Rays, Jerry, who have lost their price, who they are looking in the short term to cut payroll, to retool their minor league system is really for a system that has been, you know, kind of touted is really kind of struggling. You know, is that a team that may take Nick Swisher because they know they're not going to win in the next couple years? Um, may eat some of that, you know, may be willing to pay some of that salary if the Indians are and maybe take on someone like a Jose Ramirez also that they can try and build around or maybe a young pitcher like a Trevor Bauer. You know, would they be interested in one of those guys and Swisher if they send something that can potentially help the Indians win right now? Those are the places you have to look. I, I came up with four teams that I fit that criteria. The Yankees, and I think they all okay. kind of fit that bill of a team that is going to try and retool that doesn't have a lot of... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Young players that they could build around. Houston is the exception. They are, they are chock full of young players, but they could take someone in a short term to fill to fill a need to get better. I mean, they have a target of 2017, so um, you know they would be free of Nick Swisher likely by then. But you know, those are teams that I think you know would consider taking Nick Swisher at half price if the Indians eat his salary for a year and maybe the Indians give them a young player or two, the Indians get something back that helps them win now. I mean, maybe I think New that's York a situation because, you can paint. You know, he left there, came here. Maybe, you know, you could you could sell the whole going back, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Come, coming that's home. Not, I've heard that that's a, that's a thing home. that catches on with people, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a catchy, seems, uh, seems to work. you know, uh, Slogan to go with. It's been a hit around here. You know? Seems to work, so, man. I mean, oh. just the thought. And I think another real wild card in this is the Atlanta Braves, too. Um, they have a bad contract in B.J. Upton that I wouldn't really want to get anywhere near unless, I don't know, someone had to. You know, you were forced. But I think, you know, I think – the door I think the door may be a little wider open for the Indians to make a deal with them. I'll be honest, I honestly a week ago when we ended 
our conversation, I said I had some good ideas to, to trades, and one of the ones I was going to toss out as an idea is could the Indians get Jason Hayward in a short-term move? Clearly, they, somebody Hart, did. <laughs> What's that? I said somebody did. There, you saw that. Yeah, as, yeah. I don't think yeah. I don't think they can get them anymore. But um, <laughs> but one of the things I was going to say is, you know, with John Hart there, and the Braves seem to be trying to get out of some of their previous financial mistakes and put together a young team and try to build more around pitching for when their new ballpark is going to open in 2017 or 2018. So, you know, John Hart is there kind of, I think, trying to build an organization. He's really trying to be the Hank Peters to to a generation ago for the Indians, and I think he's trying to set the Braves up for future success. And, you know, I think when that happens, the door is open to getting real creative. And so I can see that combined with, you know, he still has good relationships with God, you know, who worked with him with the Indians, where there's a possibility that's not involving swishy organizations can get done this winter. Um, so, you know, I mean, I think those four teams kind of jumped out to me as, as a place where maybe if you want to dump Nick Swisher, maybe they would consider it. And and I think there's other teams out there that the Indians have, have had good open relationships with in the last couple years where they can make deals, maybe not necessarily involving Nick Swisher. I think an interesting team to keep an eye on for this winter um, with the Indians is the Cincinnati Reds. Um, The Reds could use an outfielder. I think the Indians are looking for an outfielder all the same while I guess they have too many. Um, Maybe they can move one to the Reds, a guy like a David Murphy, or I could even see, you know, we talk about trying to trade Nick Swisher. If there's a market for Nick Swisher, there's got to be a market for Michael Bourne. Um, trading Michael Bourne seems to be, like, like easy compared to the Swisher. So, you know, a place like Cincinnati could use an outfielder, um, they could use a shortstop if you're open to trading a young shortstop like a Jose Ramirez. And they have a ton um, that is all going to become a free agent at the end of next year. If if you think you're the Indies, if you look up and you watch the Royals losing James Shields and Billy Butler walking out of town and you watch the Tigers continue to throw old money at older players and you believe that you're close <laughs> Do you consider trading a couple young pieces for a guy that can help you win now? You know, would you would you make some kind of move like like maybe a Trevor Bauer and a Jose Ramirez, or you know, would you consider a Jose Ramirez as as the marquee piece to Cincinnati, and you know, maybe a minor leaguer or two? And do you bring back a guy like Mike Leak, who maybe can help you win right now? I mean, I think. I think there are potentials out there like that. 
Absolutely, I'm telling you, I'm in, I I love this time of se- this time of year. Baseball, hot stove season, man. See other teams getting started going. I'm like, come on, Indians, make you don't have to make a huge move. Just make something happen. Give me something to sink my teeth into, man. I'm hoping before Thanksgiving, but uh, you know, I know it takes some time. But you mentioned Cincinnati. That's a good one because they've already got some familiarity. They've made deals before. They know each other's systems pretty well, so they've got an idea for you know who who's willing. And the Indians are good with that. It's why we talk about their success in trades they know what all like what you just said what every team out there needs what they're looking for what they're willing to part with the indians do a great job of of rolodexing everybody's agendas and then trying to find good uh, trade possibilities so very interesting to see i'm uh, i'm anxious chomping at the bit before i let you go i gotta go this way a little bit uh your man we've talked about him quite a bit coming up while everybody loves to talk about the big flashy name like lindor uh, when we've mentioned Chisenhall and maybe doing things at third Giovanni Urshela somebody you're high on somebody that is uh, high in the Indians plans I, I know today I don't think it's happened yet I know it's an MRI he was coming into Cleveland today obviously that changes some of the Indians offseason options because that was something to do if you wanted to whether it was moving Chisenhall or physically moving him into the outfield that was probably your your plan B there if you went in that direction so what have you heard about perhaps how serious this injury may be and if it's going to affect the next upcoming season I know originally the Indians were told that it was just a quote tweak but you know, the thing is, to when players head to other countries to play winter ball, they're not around, you know, Indians personnel, yeah. Indians trainers and staff, and that's why they're having him in. I think they want they want to see, you know, just, just the severity of the tweak, and is it a tweak or is it not a tweak, and, um, you know, and if it's not, of course, then, then what can be done to, you know, try and get Urshela back on track as, as quickly as possible and ready for 2015. And if that means shutting him down for their winter ball season, then they will. I think I'm not sure that his injury would have major impact on the Indians and really building their 2015 roster. I th- I do think Giovanni Urshela is someone who could potentially help the Indians in 2015. I would be really surprised if he was someone that they left Goodyear with on opening day. Um, he's a guy who I've seen play for the last three or four years in the minor leagues, and I'll tell you, Jerry, Jesus Aguilar is kind of the same way. Um, at nearly every level that they move to, they struggle their first time around. And then it's kind of like that second dose. They really kind of find their stride. And Urshela is still a pretty young guy. I think he's only 23. Um, he has a glove that could play at the big league level for sure. And I'm sure that is one of the draws to him. And he really did have a nice year last year. Um, offensively, he really kind of grew up a lot and developed a lot of power. I think that's why people are excited about him. But what people forget is that in 2013, he struggled mightily at Acker. And I'll be honest with you, he looked like a guy who was over-promoted for the first half of 2013. He didn't look like he belonged at the double-A level. And he kind of grew up um, 
as the season went on and matured. And his second half in 2013 was a lot better than his first half. But the Indians were cautious, too. And he started last year in double-A because of that. I think they wanted him to get off to a good start before considering a promotion to Columbus. And, and that's really the way that his year went. So, I mean, with those things in mind, I would really be surprised to see a circumstance play out where they would be strongly considering him as a as an early season option. So with that in mind, I mean, if this is any kind of tweak, I mean, I would think it would have to be a serious injury in order for it to change their winter plans. I mean, if they're willing to move Lonnie Chisenhall, whether Giovanni Urshela is hurt or not, you know, they're going to probably start the season then with Mike Avilas at third base. And, and I don't really see where that changes because of that injury. I'll tell you, like you talked about, can't wait to get here and figure it out because you hear reports from some sides that use that word tweak the indians use that word and then you saw the tweets that came out uh from venezuela talking about a torn pcl and meniscus which is a whole a whole different issue than just a tweak that's most likely needs to be surgically repaired and then you're talking four five six months probably uh, of a setback there so we'll see i wanted to ask you about that because i know that's somebody that you were high on you mentioned cody allen by the way chicken al happy birthday it's his birthday today closer for the indians mike brandenbury from did the try win last night.com of course you guys still doing your series of articles on 1920 anything else going on this week on did the try win last night.com you know, I think I'm going to write a story here for Monday that's like uh, one of my favorite stories to write and in the same sense the the one I least like to write because it's impossible it's impossible to get correct and uh you know kind of what we're doing today kind of speculating some trade possibilities um I hate making up trades because they never come true. Right. So in 6 months someone will be able to say, "Well, you tossed out five trades and none of them came true." Well, yeah, I know. They're not going to come true. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Everything I'm about to post on Monday, you know, probably isn't going to happen. But I'll try to paint a picture a little bit like like what we did today of some, some possibilities and in, in some scenarios where, you know, maybe the Indians are looking to make some deals. Sounds good. And, of course, you guys, check it out. Bookmark it if you haven't, although I know you all have. Did the Tribe win last night.com. Real quick, Indians announced the details for Tribe Fest 2015, January 24th and 25th. We already announced the dates, uh, the names they've got locked in. They've got, of course, all of the uh, big names on the Indians. Nick Swisher's on the list. Will he still be here? By Tribe Fest. I guess we'll find out uh, all the names you would expect uh, across the Indians. Plus alumni this year, Sandy Alomar, Charlie Nagy, Dennis Martinez, Paul Ossenmacher, all listed to appear, uh, as well as all the usual suspects. So uh, always a good time there. That's when you know spring training is just usually about a month away from there. And uh, can't wait till that time. But a lot of time between now and then. And I hope, not that I dislike anybody, but I hope that some of those names are currently tentatively scheduled to appear. I look for that old card subject to change thing at the bottom of the flyer to uh, rear its head before it's all said and done. Mike, we'll have a lot of stuff to talk about. That's right, El Presidente in the chat room. He's going to be there. Mike, have a good one. Enjoy the week. You and I will catch up. I don't know. We'll figure it out off the air. Obviously, we've got Thanksgiving week next week. We'll catch up either on Wednesday or 
or Tuesday or Friday or something, and we'll do the uh, we'll do the Indians thing, my man. Hey, I'm real free on Wednesday, and I probably can be on Friday. So whatever works for you, let me know. I just haven't figured out what uh, what days we're taking off. What day? I don't know yet. I I don't like taking any days off. I'm like, well, I could do the show on Thursday, but who who's gonna listen? And even if they listen, what guests? I mean, I don't want to put people out on Thanksgiving. And then I'm like, man, everybody travels on Friday that are going out of town. So I don't know. I may do no show. I may do one on Wednesday. I may do Friday. I don't know. Uh, I, I try to make it, I mean, what's the point of doing it? I don't want to inconvenience uh, everybody that's a part of the show like you guys as well. So I'm going to figure out my holiday schedule. We'll catch up next week either way, Mike. You have a good one. Sounds good. My man, Mike Brandenberry from DidTheTribeWinLastNight.com. Have a good one. We're going to take a break. When we come back, he's already buzzing through. BJ Riddell, Fantasy Football for Winners. Let's get you locked and loaded for the latest week of action. Author of Fantasy Football for Winners, BJ Riddell, joins us next live here on the Sports Fix. Indian Beaver. Sports Fix. We'll be right back. Guys, want to take just a second as we head into this break and remind you about the official business printing source of the Sports Fix, our friends at Signs and Ship. Signs and Ship, I'm telling you, Chris and Pam, they've taken care of me since day one, and they can do the same for you. Whether you're a small business that's already been established and you're looking to grow to that next level and expand your business or perhaps you've got an idea that you just know is going to be a great business and you need to figure out how to brand it and how to promote it and put it out there Signs and Ship is the place for you. If you need a logo, they can create one for you. They have a fantastic graphic designer business cards, signs, banners yard signs, mobile advertising anything you can think of that you need to promote your business. They've got it at Signs and Ship. The best thing about them too is each of their locations, whether it's the home base here in Elyria, Ohio that I work with, or their spots in Virginia, Florida, and Pennsylvania. It's all local sourced. Very important to me because we all understand that small business is the lifeblood of the community. So check them out, signsandship.com, or call Chris and Pam today, 440-323-6060, the home office in Elyria, Ohio. Signs and Ship, quality printing at affordable prices. Hey, Cleveland, this is Tristan Thompson of the Cleveland Cavaliers, and you're listening to Sports Fix. You love Cleveland, and you already know how much we love Cleveland. You know who else loves Cleveland? GV Art and Design. Everyday fans, you and I wear our pride on our sleeves. Now, you can wear your pride on your chest. GV Art and Design has one of the hottest Cleveland sporting lines. Log on right now to GVArtwork.com. Check out all of their fantastic designs. And don't forget, use the sales code 610 to save 10% on your total purchase. Follow GVArtwork.com on Facebook, and remember, GV Art and Design, it's not just a a shirt is a statement. Sports Fix listeners, like us on Facebook today. Facebook.com slash the Sports Fix. Hey, everybody. Listen up. Listen up, guys. Hey, guys. Listen, listen up. up. No one should ever hit a woman. Not their wife. Not their girlfriend. Not their date. No woman should have to fear violence. Especially not from someone they know and trust. But that's the reality for too many women. We have to change it. It's up to each of us, because even one is too many. Violence against women hurts all of us. Growing up, I was ashamed and afraid of my father when he abused my mom. The worst abuse of power is when a man raises his hand to hurt a woman. We all have to take responsibility. 
So if you see someone threatening a woman, step up, speak out, and get help. Dating violence hurts all of us. So step up and help end it. Because one is too many. One is too many. One is too many. One is too many. End the violence. Because it's wrong. Because one, one is too many. Portions of the Sports Fix brought to you by Fantasy Jocks. Visit FantasyJocks.com, your fantasy sports superstore. Championship belts, rings, trophies, and more. Well, I think I just reached the point where they switched my phone over. I'll explain what that means in a second. Welcome back to the Sports Fix Live across the Sports Fix Radio Network. J-Rock back with you. I've been wondering all night uh, about this. Um, I've never been one to adapt uh, to the phones. Of the, the, I'm just, I, I, as long as I can text and, and talk, I've always been good. But as- Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I get more and more into doing all of this and needing to be able to do more. Uh, I was uh, I was hooked up. Actually, a buddy of mine gave me a, a fantastic deal. I'm talking. The, the Cavs got the Humongo Tron. I got the Humongo phone going. This thing is. Uh, it's a it's probably it's probably it counters the computer that I'm broadcasting the show on right now. Uh a really nice phone. Uh, I got a good deal on it. So I had to go get it switched over and all of that. I had to leave it overnight at the phone store and uh just during the break I'm trying to send a message to B- BJ Riddell. I've been my phone's been working fine all morning. Tried to send him a message to let him know that the phone was clear to give me a call and it's bouncing back and I'm going, "Oh, you know what?" I bet you they just activated my new phone and <laughs> and forgot to tell me that when they did it, it was going to deactivate the current phone that I have. So when the show goes off the air, I'll go pick that bad boy up, and, uh, and that'll be cool. Hey, actually, for those of you that follow us on social media, it will allow me to be a lot more interactive with stuff and just have a lot more um, traveling capabilities. As you know, sometimes I'm hemmed up by my phone. No longer will have that issue going forward. So anyways, now that I've wasted your time with that, welcome back to the show. J-Rock with you. Go into the phone line. And I'll bet you, I'll bet you uh, BJ's going to tell me, yeah, I tried to call you when I couldn't get through and it wouldn't work. But BJ Riddell, Fantasy Football for Winners. We do this every Thursday. Don't forget, Cavs fans, Eddie Jansen from More Than a Fan Cleveland going to be joining us as well, following up BJ. But right now, let's get you set to win some fantasy football, baby. It's another week coming up. And my man, BJ Riddell, joins us each and every week to get you through it. He's here live now. 
all through fantasy football for winners, and my guest on the lines, BJ. How you doing? Hey, Jarrah. Good. How are you doing? I'm all right. Was I right about the phone thing? Did it bounce back when you tried to uh, when you tried to get a hold of me? I uh, actually got a call from you. Yeah, no, that's uh, to get and, you out uh, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mystery number, and I picked yes, up, and suddenly I'm I'm in the studio. That's my backup uh, line here that I just got going here. But, yeah, I'm trying to send you a text, and it just keeps giving me the little exclamation point at the top. And I'm like, what do you mean it can't send? And that's when it dawned on me. I said, oh, man, I bet you as we speak, my other phone is now activated and waiting for me to go pick it up. So whatever, man. It is what it is. But uh, I'm actually messaging Eddie Jansen like, hey, brother, my phone's not working. Just uh, talk to me on Facebook here, and I'll get you on the show soon enough. How's your week been, my man? How's your leagues going? I know getting into the nitty-gritty for playoff time here. How are you doing? That's right. I, I, in one week, if I win out, I'm in the playoffs. I've got uh, three weeks left in that one. And then the other one, it's an interesting league. It's uh, – sponsored by the real-time fantasy sports website it's got uh, a lot of the big wigs in the industry espn folks uh, yahoo sports folks uh people with uh, pretty popular blogs that are a lot more popular than mine and there's 120 people all together and uh, each uh each person separated out in one of 10 divisions so there's 12 on our own so in each of the 12 divisions everyone's got paid man so we're at the point now through 11 weeks the teams from each division of 12 get to the playoff. So I'm in the playoffs in total of anyone in the whole thing. And the uh, four point folks, you know, the, uh, the foremost get into the final four for the final two weeks and it's an elimination round. So I enter in 12th place, but I'm about 150 points behind to get that fourth spot. So I got to do some major damage, and Antonio Brown is out for me because of bye. Ahmad Bradshaw got hurt, so I'm going to have to, you know, I've been doing some digging to see what I can patch together. And there you go. Start right there. Then I'm sure there's a lot of people in that same boat with you there. Ahmad Bradshaw goes down. There was a lot of talk that maybe Ben Tate ends up going there. He ends up going to Minnesota. Uh, a carousel here of running back situations. So start there. What is some of the stuff that you've uncovered here with uh, where you're going to go if, for people that may have just lost one of their running backs? Yeah. First of all, I wouldn't, uh, I, I wouldn't go out and rush to get Jonas Gray, what he did for a variety of even uh, 20% repeated. Uh, I don't think he's going to get much more than about eight points in any game the rest of the way. New England has a very tough matchup every week this season with one exception. Um, and I think people rushing out to get Jonas Gray at the expense of some other guys are limiting themselves. One of the things I'm looking for in running backs is a guy who also catches the ball. If you're a running back, and you don't have good hands, and you never catch the ball. Stephen Ridley for years was like that in New England. Then, if if your team's behind, and you you know the, your team decides to go for the pass, Mike is completely locked out. A viable option in the passing game. Then, even if your team's down 20 points, your running back still is a threat to get the ball out of the backfield <clears throat> on a little dunk pass or you know a quick five yard where he's blocking and then. Uh, jumps out, you know, pass the blocker to catch a ball and run it down 15 yards. The idea is that you don't want to put yourself in a position where you're limiting potential points. Gray does not catch the ball. Latavius Murray, on the other hand, in Oakland, does. Gray has a better chance of scoring week to week if he can get a goal line carry 
but Murray has a better chance to catch balls and get reception, receiving yards, and rack up points that way. So if people were deciding between, let's say, Murray and Gray, I'd want to go with Murray for that reason, that reason alone. While Jonas Gray's name is out there, I'm just going to go. See, I always have stories to share. You guys can just feel my pain and <laughs> and, and, and commiserate together with me, us uh People having bad football seasons, even though I have won since I told you I had to win out. I haven't lost since then. I still I have to win out and have the most ridiculous set of circumstances. I can't believe I've actually done the playoff math to see what I've got to have happen. It's it's the most inane set of circumstances would have to happen. And regardless, uh, but that has nothing to do with this story. My Jonas Gray story is that I got him weeks ago when I saw it coming. I told you, I said, man, I'm going to grab this guy and, and, uh, and I was like, all right. And then I ran into a situation where my entire team was either on a bye week or injured as far as running backs because of just the way the season played out. And so I had to trade Jonas Gray for like Devonte Freeman just to give me somebody to play for a week to give me ten points at running back or whatever. And either he got me eight that week, so I was like, okay, whatever. It's better than the nothing that I would have gotten. But the point is, is of course the the next week Jonas Gray drops forty three, and I'm like, well, of course because. That's what happens, man. I sit Anton Smith when he plays, and I play him when he sits. And I, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. But, yeah, so I had him. I had him, and, of course, I traded him and watched him sit on somebody else's bench. And at least they didn't start him. That would have been even worse. But, uh, you know, my season's turned around. I told you, I built that squad for the second half. The problem is, is that I only won two games in the first half of the season, and so it doesn't matter. I can win games from now until next fantasy football yeah. season and probably not make the playoffs at this point. Yeah, eighth place isn't going to help you. Eh, well, you know, I'm fighting for the ring, baby. <laughs> I saw, I'm all, No, eighth place That's is fine right. with me because the top six are fighting for the belt. Everybody else is fighting for the ring. As I said, I've won dozens and dozens of those championship belts over the over the course of my life man uh i'm gonna take the ring and then i can just walk around you know and, and jimmy johnson people in meetings i could just be like excuse me excuse me yeah okay i finished in the second half of the tournament but i still won something what do you got what do you got to show no i'm just kidding but i just like the idea of dropping the ring on the table and going look at that look at that Hi. All right. Let's talk about some stuff, my man. Uh, by the way, I just have to mention this because we brought it up last week talking about the uh, I asked you about the, the draft kings, man. I will say this. Le'Veon Bell. He almost he almost did it for me the other day. Uh, yeah. If he had scored a couple of touchdowns with that game that he had, I would have won 10 grand, man. I mean, it was uh, and they, I instantly said, well, this is where problems come from using this website right here because I'm going to quickly uh, get addicted to this stuff right there, man. And uh, but that's the evils of it because I found myself sitting there glued to a Steelers game, watching a Steelers <laughs> running back and going, man. Well, I hope he scores again. Boy, I hope Pittsburgh scores again, you know. But uh, I'll tell you, yeah, it, is, yeah. it is amazing, man. It is uh, the the level of that. and uh, Man, it's, I'll tell you, though, I, a lot of fun to be had in the in the week-to-week. And then you don't end up wanting to strangle people when uh, you lose your guys and they're out for the season like we've had here. Let's look at some of the stuff going on this week. Let's start right here in Cleveland. We just mentioned Ben Tate. He comes out. That makes... Terrence West and Isaiah Crowell in deeper leagues more valuable. Tate now moves on to Minnesota where he'll probably, I think short term, he may have some 
red zone value because I think that may be what he fills in for a lot in Minnesota, at least right now. And then, obviously, the other X factor coming in Cleveland this week, Josh Gordon returns to fantasy football. But is he, everybody's looking at last year, do you see him as being viable not only for the next six weeks, but this week against Atlanta? Yeah, you know, if Cleveland were three and seven, I would say, you know, I would be hesitant about what Gordon's role would be. Cleveland right now is playing not just for a playoff spot, but for playoff position. And they're going to use, in my opinion, Josh Gordon in a way that any team uh, looking at get into the playoffs, maybe doing some damage, um, just play him as much as he can. The guy led the league in receiving last year, despite playing only 14 to win, and a couple other things happening uh, away from after this week being in first place in the division. So uh, if, if it were me, and of course I don't claim to be anywhere close to that uh, world, but if it were me, I would turn George, Josh Gordon loose and let him do his thing because that's what worked so well last year. And the fact is you don't have Jordan Cameron this year, but you have other guys who are playing a little beyond what people expected, Hawkins, Gabriel, Benjamin, even Austin. Yeah are all contributing, Hawkins more than the others, but all of them contributing, and Josh Gordon seems to be more than the icing on the cake. He is the cake. So you just feed him the ball and hope that he does what you know what he did last year. Uh, as far as running backs, I'm higher on West than uh, Krell. I'm trying to predict which running back is going to dominate each week uh, is, is nearly impossible. I mean, it's yeah. like picking which you know New England – Receiver is going to be the lead receiver in a given week, you know, whether it's Edelman or Gronkowski or LaFell or even Tim Wright one week. So, uh, in my opinion, Terrence West uh, is uh, more suited to be the lead back. And I think Crowell will, will settle in to be more of a change of pace. Right now, Crowell has more value. I think there's a perception that he's the lead guy. But for the fantasy playoff, I'd rather have West. Yeah, and I hear you there, man. I think, and I'll tell you what that what what you just talked about with either guy, that to me is Gordon's fantasy impact more, at least in the first couple of weeks. And I could be wrong. Hey, he came in first week against Minnesota, and him and Hoyer went to work right off the bat. And in his two games, he had two games and seven snaps with Hoyer. I think they had fourteen receptions for a couple hundred yards. So I mean, clearly he was heavily targeted, and so you will see some work there. But I think. He pays dividends if you have Wester Crow, like you were just talking about, because the one in Tanzania to have to cover him, and you're going to have to have protection over the top. So that's going to loosen up the running lanes for Weston Crowell. The problem is, is what you said, being here covering the team. Good luck figuring out, because the team does a good job of switching it up week to week. You really have no clue who's going to get it. And that's good if you're if you're looking at it from the aspect of the other team not knowing how to prepare. But you, getting ready for fantasy football, good luck figuring out which – you might as well flip a coin because you don't know which one is going to really be the featured back from week to week. And I expect that to continue. But both backs, I think, will loosen up and get a little more production with Gordon being in there. I think he'll be – this week, I'm thinking you'll get an idea for – how much fantasy impact Gordon will have for the next few weeks. You'll get an idea. If he hits the yeah. ground running, then obviously you go, okay. But if not, then you could go, hey, maybe the Browns are only going to give him 15 snaps, 20 snaps. Maybe they run this one. So that'll be interesting to watch. Uh, and, of course, you know what else that is? Clearly, 
He's That's been right. a winning quarterback, but not a fantasy quarterback. If you were in a deep league, you could have done worse. But if Josh Gordon does go to town, like Browns fans hope he does, eight to ten fantasy points a week to Brian Hoyer just because of that. That's right. Uh, and in fact, a week ago, uh, I added Hoyer in my uh, in the league where I'm in the playoffs, and I'm starting him in the first round of the playoffs, which sounds bizarre. He's ranked. Uh, on uh, in ESPN, it's the 21st best uh, quarterback, and I think the guys at ESPN don't really realize, with all due respect to them, the impact that Josh Gordon will have on that team. Uh, quarterback most weeks, he's been a 12 to 15 point guy. Right. I think two thirds of the weeks that he's been playing. So you add a guy like Josh Gordon in the mix, and you add to the fact that he's playing the Falcons. We're not that good at pass defense. They're beatable. And you put that together and you say, Hoyer could easily get 300 yards and three TDs. There is a there is a, a potential for that to happen. The Falcons have given up more yards in the, uh, in the air yep, yep. than any other team in the league. Um, so a week ago, before we got to this week, because you always want to look, we've talked about this before, you always want to look a week ahead because no one – Usually, no one else is looking beyond the, the week in front of us. So, if you're looking ahead right now to week 13, you're ahead of the game. So, back in week 10, I was looking ahead to week 12. I picked up Hoyer because my quarterback is Matt Stafford, who, frankly, I'm tired of. I'm not tired of in an emotional way. I'm tired of in a statistical way. I'm tired of the fact that he hasn't thrown for more two than two TDs all season. And I drafted him in the fourth round. I thought he'd be a top five quarterback. That's what he's been went healthy the last couple of years. So, right. uh, you know, I'm starting Hoyer over Matt Stafford, which sounds ridiculous, but I'm doing it based on matchup, and I'm doing it based on what I've seen. And what I've seen is Matt Stafford is going to be good for about 12 to 18 points. And I think that I'd rather take a chance on Hoyer on the hope that Josh Gordon bumps it to that next echelon. Exactly. He's hit 300 yards the last couple of weeks, but he hasn't had the touchdowns to put those fantasy points over the top, and you're hoping that perhaps Josh Gordon adds to that there. All right, let's start uh, looking at some other positions. Speaking of guys uh, very poor against the offense, especially the pass offense, you got the Saints and their issues. Torrey Smith has already been getting himself untracked. You know, he had a tough start to the season. Well, Joe Flacco and him doing their thing. The Saints, uh, one of the worst teams as far as giving up averaging 15 yards a catch or something like that against the Saints. Chance to get unlocked here for sure. The weeks of the season of Steve Smith's show. Torrey Smith yeah, uh, yeah. Had, most, uh, had, had drawn the most defense pass interferences of any receiver up through the first, I think, five weeks. And you had to believe that that was going to turn around. And I talked about it a lot on my blog. I talked about it on Twitter. Steve Smith was on pace for about 1,600 yards and 16 touchdowns. And uh, that just wasn't feasible. Steve Smith was not going to have 1,600 yards and 16 touchdowns. He wasn't going to have 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns. He's not... He's no longer at the point where he can continue to sustain that for an entire season, especially with Joe Flacco's quarterback. So, you know, I, I drafted Torrey Smith too early in my league, but I drafted him in the fifth round, uh, right after I dropped, right between Matt Stafford and Mike Evans. You talk about a boom and a bust. It looks like a genius pick, or six, six round looks like a bust pick. That's the way it works out in drafts. But Torrey Smith has been a constant. And now that he's on track, he is the true number one in Baltimore. And I agree with you. I mean, it, it's a run-first team in a, in a large, to a large extent, 
but going up against the Saints, even without Brandon Cooks, it still drew Breeze at home with a 4-6 and six record that tied for lead in their division in a must-win game. Of course, Drew Brees is more likely than not to step up, and Saints are more likely than not to put up 25-plus points. So you got to figure that Torrey Smith is a good bet to get a touchdown in return. I'll tell you what, while we're talking about wide receivers, I got a question, and I don't know. You tell me. With the with you got Thomas, you've got Sanders, you've got injuries abound in Denver. Yep. Does Wes Welker's value go back to perhaps what you would hope it would be? Because somebody somebody's got to catch passes from Peyton Manning, and uh, that's obviously a very comfortable target for him. Do you expect perhaps a bounce back here for Wes Welker? With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Because of that. Uh, the guy I would target is Cody Latimer. Uh, Cody okay. Latimer is, is he's someone who if Sanders and or Thomas sit out I think Latimer is going to get more um, more play time and I think will demonstrate himself to be uh, a better target uh, for a better downfield target than Wes Welker uh, if you're in a PPR you might take a chance on Welker hope to get you know four or five catches but I really think that people should be keeping an eye on Latimer Okay. Uh, in this instance. I was just wondering about that because that's somebody who, you know, obviously has more of a name than what his production has been clearly this season. But I just wondered what that's your right. thoughts were on that. Uh, who else, if guys are looking, especially if we're talking, you know, waiver wire stuff. I know a lot of people, I laugh at these websites that have Josh Gordon listed as your, your number one guy you should be signing this week. Really? You think so? But I don't know of any <laughs> leagues where Josh Gordon has been available at all because everybody knew he was coming back in week 10 so like I believe he was drafted in our league and in in leagues that he wasn't drafted he was signed the first week of the season so if you are in that league where Josh Gordon is still available can I come play with you are you guys playing for money because I want to get in your league man (laughs) (laughs) you know I mean where is Josh Gordon available that I saw that on USA Today (laughs) I saw he was their number one uh, waiver wire pickup for week 12 and I'm like really that took a lot of work to figure (laughs) that one but in their little write up they said he's widely available in many leagues and I'm like where what leagues is Josh Gordon available in man because you guys are not yeah. a deep leaguer I'm guessing yeah it's, you know, you know uh, more power to you if you're able to pick up a guy at this stage but yeah in 98% of league Josh Gordon uh, right. he's been rostered right. for weeks and weeks now uh, in most leagues he was drafted um, especially you know the 12, 14, 16 team leagues 
but in terms of receivers, a lot of people are always wondering, you know, what kind of bargains receivers can you find out there? I mentioned Cody Latimer. People should also be looking at Jarvis Landry, you know, the Dolphins' yeah. number two guy. Yeah. Uh, who yeah, I'm, I'm going to give you some ESPN rankings because I think it's important. People use rankings sometimes to make decisions. If you see a guy ranked 56 for the week, a receiver, no one's going to think to start that guy. Well, Jarvis Landry is ranked 56. I think he's going to get at least 10 points. I talk about it on my blog. Michael Floyd is ranked 56. He had two TDs last week. Larry Fitzgerald might not play due to an injury, which would mean Floyd and John Brown would be getting most of the targets. Yeah. Michael Floyd is an elite receiver who unfortunately has been left out in the dark behind Brown and uh, and Fitzgerald for most of the year. That is not likely to continue. People can look up on Twitter a week ago. I said when uh, Carson Palmer went down that uh, history shows that Carson Palmer had a better rapport with Fitzgerald and that Stanton had a better rapport with uh, Floyd than with Fitzgerald. So Floyd's value should go up. Fitzgerald should go down. Last week, two TDs for Floyd. I see that trend continuing. Pierre Garçon. Ranked 52nd best receiver in the preseason, ESPN ranked him 14th best receiver. They were way off on that, uh, but they're also way off on 52nd. Uh, Garcon has been uh, uh, forgotten uh, in Washington behind uh, uh, Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, Washington has nothing to lose at this point. They're out of the playoffs. They are a mess offensively with Robert Griffin the third at the helm. You've got to believe that they're going to drop a game plan to make sure Garcon gets touches because he is a fairly, fairly dynamic receiver and he thrives on those possession receptions to move the chains. And a couple more guys, real quick. Kenny Stills ranked 46th on the SPN. Brandon Cooks goes down. Jimmy Graham. Summerson. Gilly Marquise Colston. I think it's going to be Kenny Stills. He's had terrific games this, this season. I think he's had four games last year with at least 12 fantasy points. He's had a couple more this year. He's a legit threat to be a number two receiver on anyone's roster, and I think he's worth a flyer. And finally, Terrence Williams ranked 43rd. This guy had, I think, five TDs in the first five weeks, and now he hasn't done much of anything. It doesn't mean that he's not a good receiver. It just means that they've been getting the ball to other folks. So I think that uh, Williams is a guy who's going to step up big time this week. Tell you what, looking at some guys too. Kobe Fleener, I liked him. Uh, I had him last week in one of my uh, one day leagues or whatever. But Dwayne Allen, I don't know if there's a confirmation or not, but I know that he may have the dreaded high ankle sprain, which will open yeah, up some. Yeah. And you got the natural connection anyway with Luck and Fleener, you know, which I thought I, when they drafted Luck, I just remember going, that was, you know, anybody could have drafted Luck. You got number one, he's a once in a lifetime guy. But to me, I thought, man, the smart, the, the smart bracket of that was when they took Fleener to go with it because I'm like man bring him a safety blanket the guy that he's used to from college and that you know but uh, he had a big game last week he had 144 on the ground and with Allen being hurt I think that's a guy to uh to keep an eye on if he's available in your league and then of course our man Al Blue from LSU who had 156 (laughs) yards last week against the Cleveland Browns. No touchdowns though, which kind of made it a little less impressive than it should have been on a fantasy football level. But uh, with uh, Arian Foster coming back, Al Blue looks to go back to the bench, so I wouldn't get all crazy uh, if you guys are into Al Blue. Anything else before we go, my man, PJ? Yeah, I would just say uh, keep an eye on Arian Foster's health. There's yeah, oh, I yeah. talked right before the show that uh, Blue could still have a role in the offense. Uh, Houston has been making the mistakes that many teams do 
of making the most of a good thing by riding them into the ground. Uh, and Aaron Foster, as you might remember, had 55 carries in the first two games of the season. Oh, yeah. He We're was way overworked. Yeah. And that continued after he got back from his week three or week four, you know, injury. Um, so there is a chance that Houston will still work Alfred Blue into the into the mix this week. And people should be mindful that if they can just wait a couple of days to make that decision, they might find out if Blue's going to split carries, they're going to go that far. Then Blue becomes an interesting flex option for people desperate for a running back could be good could be good for sixty yards on the ground and twenty in the air. And you like those odds compared to some of the other guys that people are scrounging up these days. And keep an eye on that come game time, because that's the that's truly Houston takes that right up to the wire uh, most weeks here. And, that, and remember, speaking of down to the wire, you guys can always tweet us. You can tweet BJ at BJ Riddell, last minute tips and all of that stuff. Send your questions out. BJ, have a great one as we continue to march towards the playoffs, and we'll do this again next week. Sounds great, Jerrod. Have a good one. All right. You too. BJ Riddell, author of Fantasy Football for Winners. You guys can check him out on Facebook, Fantasy Football for Winners, and you can tweet with him at BJ Riddell, and he's here every Thursday, 1.30. Let's take a break. Come back. Eddie Jansen, Cavaliers beat writer from More Than a Fan Cleveland, talks about the Cavs' tough loss last night to the Spurs. We'll talk about the first 10 games and more with Eddie Jansen. More Than a Fan Cleveland, Cavaliers beat writer, coming up next here on The Fix. Portions of the Sports Fix brought to you by Fantasy Jocks. Looking to upgrade your league trophy? Check out FantasyJocks.com for championship belts, rings, trophies, and more. Fantasy sports lovers, you put so much time, hard work, and effort into playing week to week that it quickly stops being a fantasy and, and starts, starts getting, getting real. real. Real time spent making real decisions, creating real victory. I'm the greatest man in the world! And when the smoke clears, you want to show off those victories with a real prize. I mean, a really real prize. Yeah. Nobody, Nobody does, does that, that like, like Fantasy, Fantasy Jocks. Jocks. The crew over at Fantasy Jocks have beautiful, high-quality, and heavy-duty championship belts, rings, trophies, and so much more for all your fantasy sports needs. The trophy's 12 feet high, and it is glorious! Football, baseball, hoops, you name it, they have it. Plus, they have awesome draft kits and party supplies to make all your preseason activities the envy of everyone. If your league needs a ring, belt, or trophy, or you want to upgrade what you already have, there's literally only one place to go. If you're going to be a fantasy jock, do it right. It's mine. The most magnificent belt ever created. And it's mine. With America's fantasy sports superstore, fantasyjocks.com. Let's talk about the X's and O's of family entertainment. Every parent in Ohio knows the importance of being able to draw up an activity that'll get you out of the house for a couple of hours. But it needs to be affordable. It needs to be family friendly. Above all, it needs to be fun. Now, let's talk about high school sports. Bang for your buck, school sports provide the perfect game plan for your family. You'll enjoy all of the drama and excitement competitive sports offer. You'll be supporting the future leaders of our community in a meaningful way. Best of all, you can take the entire family without breaking the bank. Heck, you won't even dent it. Now, enough chalk talk. Let's get out there and see what's playing at the high school in your community. 
School sports. Good for our kids, good for our community. This message presented by the Ohio High School Athletic Association and the Ohio Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. This is Josh Tomlin of Cleveland Indians, and you're listening to the Sports Fix. This is how we do This is how we do it. Welcome back to the Sports Fix Live Hour 3. Roll it on here as we kick over the clock. J-Rock back with you across the Sports Fix radio network with my man, Montel Jordan, doing his thing in the background. Thanks to B.J. Riddell, author of Fantasy Football for Winners. He's with us every Thursday here doing the fantasy football thing. Thanks to Mike Brandenberg as well earlier in Hour 2 who joined us talking Indians and Ohio. and Man, I'm telling you. Somebody's going to owe that man something in the front office when they trade Nick Swisher. Anyways, let's shift gears here as we head down the home stretch. My man Eddie Jansen from More Than a Fan Cleveland going to join us here. Talk some Cavs. We opened up the show talking about it. Talked a little Cavs with Kendall Lewis as well. We're going to pick that back up. You guys, keep it rolling. Facebook.com slash the Sports Fix. Tweet with us at the Sports Fix CLE. You can email me, the Sports Fix at AOL.com. I'm going to the phones. That's why you can't call because Eddie Jansen's there. Fresh off of a Cavaliers. They fell last night, but it was a good basketball game between two good teams. One team more experienced, been there down the stretch, and they know they don't sweat it. And uh, they came out with the victory last night. But the Cavaliers saw the model of where they want to end up, and it was uh, on full display last night at the queue. Eddie Jansen from More Than a Fan Cleveland talking about it. How you doing, my man? What's going on, Jerry? Thanks again for having me, bud. Well, thanks for being here, as always. Good time there. Let me turn you down a little bit. I had you pretty hot there. And, uh, yeah, pick right up there. I mean, obviously, the end of the journey where you want to end up, if you're the Cavaliers, they needed no further than to look uh, 50 feet across the court to the other sideline and see the end of the journey that they hope to end up at. Yeah, absolutely, Jerry. And, I mean, there were a lot of reasons that the Cavaliers could have won that game last night. Reason number one, San Antonio was not very deep last night. They had three of their key bench players, uh, Bellinelli, Bonner, and Patty Mills, were all out um, with injury. So San Antonio only played nine players last night. They usually don't do that too often. Um, you know, also... Just the hype of LeBron getting a chance to beat the Spurs again for the first time since the finals. Um, that was there. And then, you know, you look at the Spurs and what they've done over the years, they don't really care about regular season games. They care about playoff games. So, you know, Cleveland really did have every reason to win this game, but they are going to walk away from this game uh, with San Antonio with uh, a lot to uh, to look forward to, a lot of food for thought here as San Antonio at you, and it clearly had LeBron and company a little frustrated last night, but hopefully they learned something and will be able to move forward with it. Absolutely, and the learning happens on all sides of this thing, on the court as well as on the sidelines. I kind of mentioned at the beginning when I was uh, kind of summing up things from last night that I think 
you saw. And, hey, this is not, especially with the person on the other sideline, this is not a bad thing at all. But you saw the counter between, speaking of a team that's been there, they're led by a coach who's been there and done that. Coach Pop has seen it all, done it all. And uh, at the end of the game, he's sitting there with a couple of timeouts just in case he needs it and a veteran squad handling things down the stretch. Meanwhile, David Blatt, some mismanagement. I don't want to say mismanagement, but, you know, some issues with timeouts, little things, the things that you don't hindsight being 2020. You learn how to do them better. You learn how to always keep that bird in the hand so that when you get the rebound with 10 seconds left, you're able to reset and get your guys an opportunity to win the game. But you're seeing it not just there. But with the rotations, with the minutes, all of that, David Blatt, while he may have won 700-plus however many games and been in thousands in his career, uh, he's still learning the NBA level, and that is to be expected. I was talking to some guys last night, uh, some friends of mine, about how you can really look and see similar. I know it's easy to keep going back and looking at the Heat and what they did, but with Eric Spolstra as well, because I reminded people yesterday on the show, remember when they were about uh, a month and a half in on that thing, there was heavy, heavy talk that Spo was in over his head and that Pat Riley was going to come down from the from the Papal Tower and he was going to lead the, the super team to the championship. But instead... Pat Riley said, hey, man, let him go learn under the fire. And remember, there was the issues with him and LeBron and the bump and do they like each other? Does LeBron respect him? I think you're seeing a similar process here uh, with all of those players, with David Blatt trying to figure out the NBA game as well as having a star system to deal with, too. Well, Jerry, there are probably 29 other coaches in the NBA that are going to get out-coached by Greg Popovich Absolutely. on a nightly That's basis. That's what I'm saying, you know. You don't look at that as a bad thing at all, you know. No, not not at all. So, so David Blatt, he's in the majority on that one. And, you know, as an athlete, as a coach, as any type of personnel that's going to be around a team, you're going to have to pay your dues uh, in some way, shape, or form. And David Blatt is paying those as of right now, I mean, Cleveland had a, a rough early schedule uh, with a West Coast trip, and they play San Antonio as early as they've ever played them in the past. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we're only 10 games in, five wins, five losses. You take a look at that and you say, well, where's the, where's the panic meter? You know, LeBron has looked much less than sharp in Cavaliers' losses. In fact, in the five Cavalier wins, He's averaging 33 a game, but only 19 per game is what LeBron is averaging uh, in Cavalier losses. And, you know, last night he picked up his third foul only about four minutes into the second quarter, and we saw a totally different LeBron James. But LeBron does not get in foul trouble that often. And I can only imagine to myself how much more aggressive LeBron would have been had he not picked up that third foul early. He only had four points in its entirety in the second half, and that's a rarity from a superstar like James. And really the only thing that we can do is put all the blame on David Blatt. I mean, he said it before the game last night. He's the coach. He has to carry the burden of the blame. That's just part of his job. So, uh, you know, given it time, they'll figure it out. David Blatt will learn to manage LeBron's minutes a little bit more and hopefully, Jerry, not give Joe Harris almost 27 minutes uh, and all uh, 12 minutes in the fourth quarter, too. 
Well, he played the final almost 18 minutes straight through of the game. I believe it was a 17 and a half minutes or so. And I like I like some of what Harris brings, but what he doesn't bring is on the defensive side of the ball. We saw that the the one bucket that ended up being the difference in the game at the end, wide open on a missed rotation. They went right after Harris. He, he was just nowhere to no defense to be found. I mean, how do you get an easy layup that easy with what 10 seconds or whatever it was to go in the game there? Uh, that definitely should not have happened. And so in defense, Kendall and I were talking about it at the beginning of the show. That's where this team will eventually learn that everything. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Focuses off of. In Miami, that's what those guys did. Those guys played defense first everything else came off of that they were aggressive in the passing lanes they trapped because once they got to know each other then they could trap and then they know the rotations would be sound behind them right now the rare times that they do try to trap or double team the rotations aren't there guys end up wide open guys end up open under the basket like we saw last night veteran team like the spurs they know where each other and that's what we you and i can say it eddie all we want it's not just, when you say being comfortable, it's not just knowing that Kyrie likes to get the ball on the right side and LeBron likes to get the ball at the top of the key. But that's not it. It's knowing with your eyes closed and a blindfold on that if I pass the ball to the right corner, I just know that that's where Kevin Love is. And in this situation, I can turn around and know that LeBron's a million times. We know where each other is on the court. San Antonio, it doesn't matter what you do, execute it right they're going to execute the play because they know where they are in a blindfold. They know where the open at all. That's just time. It's going to take them time to learn that about each other. And then once they do that last night, he said, I'm glad we played them now because when these guys do figure it out, watch out because they're going to be three times better than they were. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, all of those plays that's offensively at the Cavaliers, you know, with Tim Duncan, Parker, Ginobili, et cetera, et cetera, those guys have done that a million times over in their sleep, right. most, of, um, most of which comes with the same players on the floor, and that's where uh, the level of comfortability comes. And right, right now the Cavaliers do not have that comfortability offensively or defensively, but it is going to come with time. It's not going to come today. It's not going to come tomorrow. They're going to have to wait until at least 25, maybe 30 games in to try to develop that comfortableness uh, with each other. Um, you know, going back to the, the whole uh, Miami Heat thing, they trapped and double teamed and just harassed the ball oh, as yes. well as anyone. 
And, yes. you know, that takes time. I mean, they really didn't do that as well in their first year, but by the time you got to year two or year three, uh, you know, defensively they pressured so well that it, it suffocated a lot of the weaker offensive teams. So, I mean, Popovich is a smart guy, and he knows that, you know, give it time and the Cavaliers will get there uh, defensively. You know, they probably have a lot farther to go defensively and offensively, but it will come in due time. Absolutely. Eddie Jansen from More Than a Fan Cleveland here, beat writer for the Cavs, joining us to talk. And as you mentioned, Cavaliers now through 10 games had had the West Coast trip. I like the the breakdown of the first 10 games as far as you had a couple of different uh, sets of circumstances that you need to. You need to go through it all. And you had going out West early on. You had uh, some tough games and you've got some quality victories over good teams. You've got some bad losses against bad teams. You've got, you know, a little bit of everything here. You had a bit of a winning streak, a couple of, you know, two-game bumps. But now you look at the next stretch of games coming up here, even if you just look through the next six games, five of which are at home. You've got some young, hungry teams, and you've got some teams that you should be able to go out there and work on that chemistry against. You've got Washington twice, home and away here coming up. Toronto, Orlando, Indiana, and Milwaukee all in that next two-week slate of games. So uh, the group of teams that you play changes, and uh, and the focus continues, though. But with five in a row at home, and it makes eight out of nine, uh, that's got to help as well. You're able to get in a few more practices. You're able to uh, work on a few more things here. But, yeah, uh, I'm really looking forward to those couple with Washington and Toronto, both of those teams, uh, two of the younger Eastern Conference teams that when we were talking about the Chicago's and, uh, you know, the teams that are going to be at the top was like, hey, both of these teams are like the Cavs. They're trying to say, watch out for us. We're coming up there. I mean, we see what Toronto's done early on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, Jerry, I think that the key is when you're facing two teams like Washington and Toronto, I think the, the, the common theme is that a lot of people think they're going to be the third and fourth seed, respectively. So more and more challenges come in the Cavaliers' way. But when you look at those two teams, I mean, you mentioned it, they are young and they're athletic. And I think that that is going to test David Blatt the most because they're going to have to play a full 48-minute game against some of the younger teams, uh, you know, with, with motors and with a, a fresh uh, set of legs. Um, you know, looking ahead to those games, David Blatt is going to have to, you know, find a way to get LeBron a blow here and there because he just can't continue to play 40 minutes. Uh, a night, you know, the way that he has, you know, not against your your DeMar DeRozans and your John Walls and your Bradley Beals and the younger guys who, who, you know, physically can be able to handle that at that point in their career. I got to be honest. I We diverge on that one. I've talked about it before on the show. I'm, uh, Jeff Van Gundy, last night, he was getting on that, and I'm like, he's preach Jeff Van Gundy because this whole not playing too many minutes things drives me crazy because uh, uh, 40 minutes a night, I know people get, get mad when you go Michael Jordan when you're talking about LeBron or whatever, but back in the day, guys didn't want less minutes. They wanted more minutes. They wanted to play all 48. They wanted, Michael Jordan get mad you try to take him out of a basketball game. I'm just saying that drives me crazy. I'm 
saw, I disagree with the sentence you just said. You can't well, and, and it, and it can should drive play LeBron because, 40 yeah, minutes well, yeah. a night. I mean, it, it should 30, drive you crazy you know? because he's a basketball player. Well, he should I mean. you know, want yeah. to be out with his team. <laughs> exactly. You know, like you should, a 30-year-old man who is one of the most elite athletes in the world should be able to play 40 minutes a night, 82 games a year. I'm sorry. Like, to me, we're not asking too much out of the guy. Now, I'm not asking him to play all 48. I'm not asking you to go out there and play every minute. I'm just saying 40 minutes is not over the top at all. I'm pretty sure... I, I'd have to look it up. I want how much you want to bet Michael Jordan averaged 39, 40 points, or uh, 40 minutes a game uh, for the tail end of his career too, when he was still uh, uh, with the Bulls. I'm just saying, to me, the a whole league is just soft because they're all complaining about too many games and too many minutes. But the media says what you just said. That sentence, like it's a fact, like you just cannot have LeBron James playing 40 minutes a night. Yes, you can. And Kyrie and Kevin Love and them 20-some-year-old fellas, they can be playing more than 40 minutes a night because it, it's what they, it, it's what, it's what you're built for. It's, it's what you're built for. It's what you do. But I know where you're coming from. I know why people say that. But to me, I'm, I laugh. I'm like, come on, man. Like you're 30. Yeah. It's not like we're talking yeah, about. The, you know, in, in all honesty, the. Re- reality of modern day sports is pretty pretty grim and this is why I always say that Kobe Bryant is probably the last of that breed that Michael last of the Mohicans, baby. breed yeah yeah in in terms of you know the the tough nitty gritty grind it out no matter what um you know I mean LeBron himself has verbally said he wants his minutes to be Reduced. Now, that's not always going to be the case when you're playing good, <laughs> high-quality, playoff-caliber teams and when games are close in the fourth quarter. It's just not, you know, you're not going to sit LeBron James in, in, you know, crucial minutes where you need buckets and you need stands. But, I mean, if you look at any sport today, Jerry, uh, specifically with, with baseball, you know, the pitch count. I mean, pitch counts didn't even exist oh. Those you know, twenty too. or thirty or forty years ago. That's a you know, it's a pretty yeah. good example of you know, yep. just people being safe with their athletes. You know, it's the part of it is the league trying to protect its image. Part of it is the team just wants to save whoever they're trying to save for the more important games. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think that LeBron is really going to be able to avoid all of these minutes and probably what he should end up doing is just, you know, quit complaining about it and just go out there and play. I think in Michael Jordan's book, that would gain him a lot more respect. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, you hit it on the head. Pitch counts too. Those drive me nuts too. I'm always complaining about pitch counts too. I'm like, come on, man. Like they didn't even have a, a bullpen back in the day. It was, you pitched until the game was over. If they had to go to the bullpen, it was an insult. And I know, I know sports advance. I say that all the time. Guys get bigger and stronger and faster and all of that. But I just, uh, the minutes thing with the basketball player, it drives me crazy, man, because you know, we're talking, you know what I'm saying, but anyways, it is what it is. And I agree with you. You definitely, I mean, if nothing else that you don't say it publicly, like even if it was happening behind the scenes, like even if every once in a while, Michael Jordan probably hang out smoking a stogie with Phil Jackson said, Hey man, I could use, you know, a couple minute breather here and there. Hey, no problem, man. We'll give you some minutes off at the beginning of this quarter and what, Hey man, whatever, man. But if I got to play all 48, I'll play it. Cause I don't want to lose no matter what. But he never stood out. And, you know, I was just telling Phil, I've been playing 
way too much lately, and we've really got to do something about that because I just cannot sustain this level of minutes. Come on. He, he would shoot himself before he would publicly make a statement like that to the media. But anyways, all right, Eddie, I know we're going to wrap things up here. Cavaliers now uh, through the first 10, as we said, and now looking ahead here, you got five of the next six at home. Next one for them will be Friday, tomorrow. They are on the road at Washington before they come home for those five straight. Actually, you've got three and four, one of those stretches coming up this weekend. Friday at Washington, they come back home. They've got Toronto back at the queue on Saturday, Sunday off, and then Monday, the Orlando Magic are here. So it should be interesting. And then Washington, middle of next week, Thanksgiving. You and I will catch up next week and we'll see uh, how this next slut of games goes for the Cavaliers. All righty, Jerry. Happy Thanksgiving to you, sir. You too, my man. We'll catch up next week. Eddie Jansen from More Than a Fan Cleveland. Always a good time to have him here on the show. And again, like I said, uh, it is what it is, but that one gets me. <laughs> it's not just that people say it, but it was the way Eddie said it. Like, it's a foregone, like, it's an official statement. Like, well, we know we can't continue. What? Doesn't that sound like the most ridiculous statement in the world to you? Like, well, you just cannot continue to ask a 30-year-old man who calls himself King James, who is who is the quote-unquote greatest of all time to play, you know, three-fourths of the game every night. Because I mean, that's basically what we're talking about. Like, a little bit short of that. But 40 out of 48 is what? 80% of the game. 80%. I mean, we're not even talking about the whole thing. Anyways, it's, I guess you guys, somebody sitting at home is going, well, easy for you to say. I'm just saying, I work pretty hard at what I do, too. Most people do. And I, I LeBron does, too. I'm not in any way saying that. But come on, man. Could you imagine? <laughs> Could you imagine Magic or Michael or Bird or any of the greats standing there? Or even Kobe. And I'm not a big Kobe fan, but he is a competitor. Like, who? Could you imagine them standing in front of the world and saying, you you know, I'm just playing too many minutes lately, man. We got to do something about that. Get out of here. But anyways, it's my little pet peeve. It is what it is. And I'm sure you'll hear me complain about that once or twice more. Hey, speaking of hoops outside the Cavs last night, great game. CSU Vikings pick up their second win of the season last night. Vikes took care of business 60 to 46. They beat Jacksonville State at the Wolstein Center. Uh, Anton Grady continued to play well in the post. 12 points, four boards. Kaza Keen, 13 and 6. Marlon Mason, 10 points, 8 boards as well for the Vikings. And it was one of those gritty, grind them out games defense. They held uh, the Vikings, that is, held them to 35% shooting on the night. Vikings took care of business. Now they are back at it this weekend as the CSU Vikings continue in the Global Sports Showcase 4 p.m. Savannah State coming up here. It'll be heard on 1220. My buddy Al Pulowski with the call. So we'll talk some more about that coming up next week. Vikings improved to 2-1 and one, and they've picked up their last two after dropping that first one early on to Iona. Tomorrow, guys, looking ahead to the show, man, we got a lot to get into. We've got the Friday slate of football, of course. Jeff Gorman from Indians and Browns101.com going to join us tomorrow. We're doing the Atlanta Falcons scouting report. Ryan Ruiz from the Inscriber with three dog bones to a Browns victory. I got a funny feeling that uh, Josh Gordon may be in there and the running backs as well. We'll talk to Ryan and can't wait to get his dog bones to a victory. The sports writer extraordinaire, Jonathan Knight, in the house wrapping up the week with us. That is always one hell of a conversation. We'll get you set for three and four from the Cavaliers, Buckeyes, hoops and football and all of that, man. It's the 
usual Friday edition of The Fix. Can't wait to bring it to you. Can't wait to have you here with us tonight. Enjoy it. Of course, you've got some Thursday night football. Speaking of football, by the way, we were uh, telling you guys yesterday as we went off the air where the Bills are looking for people to help shovel out the stadium. I'm telling you, uh, Governor Cuomo is not in the mood to even see this game played. He's He's got some great points. I mean, right now, there are public driving bans all over the place and a lot of the police and the state services emergency services sheriff's offices they're all being uh, utilized in other places now it's midweek if the weather clears and they're, they're talking about uh some high 50s mid 50s this weekend problem there is while it starts to melt the snows then you've got a truckload of flooding from these feet and feet and feet of snow that has come down uh i don't know i'm guessing anything they can do to get this game in but i if i was the nfl i'd consider just pushing it off a day to monday because i'm betting uh that you may uh have a better chance i know it's hard look logistically they may end up forcing this thing in but you do it's very hard to ask i understand the point of a lot of the people up in erie county up there talk the the uh the government people saying how can we commit a lot of our emergency personnel when we've got emergencies going on elsewhere as i said you've still got a lot of time until then but they've got some great points and the nfl may uh yeah there may be some issues to be made or who knows maybe it all melts and they're able to play the game we'll keep an eye on that talk about it tomorrow too all right guys whatever we're talking about if you're watching some thursday night football tonight if you're watching uh, any of the college hoops that's going on anything yeah exactly charles with the rain and the temperatures that you've got to think that it's going to flood tonight kansas city and oakland kansas city's really getting themselves cooking and they've got a raiders team that as we know is uh having a very bad season actually just saw the latest as uh, as i update this coming out there's even talks of potentially now playing this game between the bills and the jets somewhere else uh word is now coming in just now as we speak that they are not going to attempt to play this game. Another storm has brought even more snow into the area, uh, and it's looking impossible for the team to get the stadium ready. So now the NFL has scheduled a conference call with the Bills and the Jets for this afternoon. They are discussing Detroit, Pittsburgh, Washington. The Lions and Redskins are on the road. The Steelers have a bye. All three stadiums would be available for use to play the game this weekend. Uh, Coaches are also being told that as of now, the game is tentatively being, there we go, being moved till Monday. So it'll give them an extra day. The Bills haven't been able to practice. Remember, we mentioned that yesterday. Half of them can't even leave their house, and and some of them are stuck, and they can't go to the stadium, and some of them were stuck in the stadium, some of the coaches. So they're going to push the game off until Monday, which we were just talking about, and it looks like it's going to be in a different location as well. You have to, to give those guys an extra day to practice, too. We'll talk more about this tomorrow. We'll see what the final is here. Uh, The Buffalo officials say it takes about three days to remove a foot of snow from the stadium and parking lots. At the rate of snow that they've got, they're, they're projecting 14 to 18 days of cleanup with the additional snow that's coming in. They're not sure. They're talking about getting the game ready for the game with the Browns November 30th. They said they'll be hard-pressed to get it ready for that game, let alone 
for a game this weekend. We'll talk about it tomorrow. We'll get you set for the Browns and the Falcons. They don't got to worry about snow. They're going to Atlanta in a dome this weekend. We'll talk to Jonathan Knight, sports writer extraordinaire, and more. We love you, Cleveland. We'll see you tomorrow. Same bad time. Same bad channel. Live right here on The Fix and the Sports Fix Radio Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.